Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. So, yeah, so that would be like phase one, but then just got to redo all the cabling. Um, yeah. And I might even see if for maximum laziness, my uh, AV receiver, it has two HDMI outs. Mm-hmm. And apparently you can just mirror the signal. And mm. the second one can basically be used like what it was designed for is if you want to have the same thing on in multiple rooms, it could huh. put the second signal out to a TV in a different room. But because that TV is assumed not to have a speaker set up, it has to send the audio signal as well. And I was like, what if the capture card is just being fed off that? And then everything's um, plugged into the, in the AVR can be captured. Right. So I need to I need to test that out. Because then um, you're just plugging yeah. one HDMI and then everything else goes into the... Yeah. Right. Yeah. You have to just double check what those signals it's what's what type of audio signals it's sending out from there. Right. Otherwise we get that hell noise from the other week. No, I mean it I don't think it would do that. I don't I optimistically I don't think it would do that. <laughs> but who knows? Yeah. Um Hi Patrick. <laughs> I want to record that. I want Kato. Can you just I, keep that in yeah. a in a little box, Rob? <laughs> oh, I'm sure it'll be fine. Yeah, I never heard that one before. Oh, <laughs> where Rob goes on a fucking adventure. I I come in. He's pointing cameras at the ceiling. And I'm like, okay, here's some bullshit. And the piece <laughs> de resistance. Yeah. By the way, I forgot to tell you about this exciting detail. Uh-huh. Oh, I bet. So, right now, my stereo speakers are being powered by the AV receiver. But this is obviously not what those speakers deserve. They deserve to be on an isolated stereo uh, amp. Right. Um, Just getting full power and just like pristine, clean audio. (laughs) Of course. So I'm going to integrate a stereo amp into my surround sound (laughs) setup. Um, And so they're going to be running off an NAD uh receiver that's going to be connected to the avr via rca cables wow yeah pretty cool huh (laughs) i love an rca cable oh my god turns out they're still relevant yeah weird yeah (laughs) anyway actually uh uh, patrick's using a a mix app that has a fucking RCA port, so it's not too far from. Oh, my my Sound Blaster has RCA uh, ports as well, so yeah. I'll be able to run the those directly into the stereo amp, so I can listen to music. This just like bypasses the AVR entirely, wow. and it's just like again pristine. <laughs> oh. I can't wait. Uh, check back in in twenty twenty six when Rob has made some movement on on these things. It's good things true. take time. I don't. Yeah, <laughs> Rob loves planning 
I love it. You love planning. The doing questionable. You know, that's that that seems hard. But the, the that's planning, hard. You 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 delight in. I can add six more cables to this in theory. Well, all right. Let me put it up on the whiteboard. Yeah, well, see, yeah, I, I like I like the doing once I'm certain that what I'm going to be doing is the right thing. Mm hmm. Um, but until but then, I do get a little bit know. nervous. Well, you never know. You always find a new. You, you always move the bar a little, a little. A little no, further. this time, this time I've got it. Like, <laughs> I just, I'll get that. You know, once it's all here, it'll be beautiful. Mm -hmm. What's good, Internet? It's Monday, July twelfth, or Tuesday, July thirteenth. Recording. <laughs> I was recording. I've got a backup going. Okay. Start I mean, recording. Yeah, we, <laughs> sure, that could be this. I mean, it, that was the, the podcast. Uh, we could still do a clap, though. And you, yeah. The, yeah. You, the listener, can just enjoy that um, in your car. Have your kids clap along with us. Yeah. Um, All right, do you have time that is up? Uh-huh. All right, let's go top of the minute. So much time. Episode 409, I'm your host, <laughs> Rob Zachney, and I'm joined by Patrick Klepek. Yeah, I'm here. Let's go. Ricardo Contreras. Yo. Don't have you games should, to talk hold about, on. You should really. Here. You should make mm -hmm. sure to run those. You should probably run those cables instead of up into the corner. Mm -hmm. You can, like, run them down and put a little... This would work with anything that has a, uh, a like, metal tip on it. So, like, HDMI is what I was thinking of. Uh, strong enough magnet that you can kind of drag it to the floor and you know where oh. it is and then you can put the yeah. hole at the bottom easy enough instead of having to put a hole in the top top corner where you can still see it all you you have to show me how you're envisioning that because i don't you're saying like it can be hidden right instead of uh because the wall is empty in between there as long as you're not hit hitting a stone oh so you drag yeah. it all the, way, all the way to the baseboard instead of Oh gosh! Yeah. Oh wow! So you just want me to get started burying those cables? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got to be seamless. <laughs> That's that could be beautiful. Well, it'd be more beautiful than a bunch of cables dangling through a yeah. hole in the ceiling. <laughs> yes. Like that's probably less attractive. No, that's what uh, partners partners really enjoy. Just a couple more cables uh, that are unidentified. Not sure what they do. They just they love it. They just want six more of them. Uh, no, I'm I'm gonna clean that up. I'm gonna clean that up. I get. That. Uh, let me tell you, MK is totally on board with this uh, project. Uh -huh. Um, she's very excited about. She loves when I start talking about the Rune server that mm -hmm. I'm gonna be running. Uh -huh. and, oh, uh, yeah. What it means for our music, because obviously we both love music. Um, I can't seem to make her understand that the listening to Spotify isn't really listening to music. <laughs> <laughs> um, she seems to feel it's fine. Um, wow. just on the standard, uh, you know, definition audio that Spotify puts out. We got to stop um, living with these normies, Rob. They don't. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, though, I don't know. No, I think I think it would actually be bad if there was a second, uh, like pointless, undereducated audiophile in this uh, <laughs> in this unit. Um. Yeah, no, but I could I could bury that stuff on the wall. That'd be great. Thanks, Kata. All right, so <laughs> that's what I've been playing. Is I've been playing. How could I rework this setup? Um, and multiple times when I sat down to start 
playing games this weekend, I started thinking about, you know, really make this game better is if I had a better setup. Um, <laughs> I think so, about that constant. I, uh, oh, go ahead. How long until we get, uh, you know, con- uh, entertainment system simulator where that's all you're doing is rewiring and rewiring as you add different components to uh, an entertainment system? I want that game. It'd be good, and you need like you, yeah, and you'd have to create like fictional um, like programs and setups that you're going to be running to power the setup that are like just needlessly finicky, right? Um, and then because then you get the real wrinkles because the right. the AV receiver is supposed to simplify all this and it's fire and forget and everything just works, but naturally I'm like, what if instead we leverage the full power of every single component um <laughs> and we took what the avr receiver does which is like sort of consolidate everything into one setup and broke it apart but still had it integrated with the avr receiver that'd be that'd be perfect uh in my opinion um patrick what, what did you play this weekend uh kids birthday parties it was great um drank a lot of beer went on a, a bouncy house uh Got dragged into they the bouncy house. In? Oh wow! The day it was, I mean, you can get the size of bouncy houses this these days that you can get are, and there's been a, a rise of them over the the course of COVID, where you know a lot of the places you would take kids, like ages like four to eight, where you know they have these like they have these big like warehouses where they just put in like tons of trampolines and bouncy things, and like mm. it's just that that's like a common place to take and do kids parties, but. You know, they still haven't lowered the threshold for the COVID shots to uh, a lower than 12. So, like, a lot of these parties are still finding ways to happen outside. So, like, you get a lot of parents who are paying, like, you know, three, four hundred bucks for rather than, you know, to rent out a place. They're instead renting out <laughs> renting out a place that comes <laughs> that comes to them. I, I mean, I, I have seen ones in our neighborhood that are the size of houses, like just straight up houses, like 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 where they have to put it in their entire front lawn. I wouldn't have the space for it, but it was it was it was remarkable. So, uh yeah, I was in a I spent a lot of time in a in a castle. Um and it was too chilly. We had it like weirdly, like we have a like a 72 degree wave like floating yep. through the Midwest at the moment for for whatever reason, which is like very bizarre for the, <laughs> the middle of July. Uh and the kids wanted the water parts on. None of the parents did because it meant it was just going to be, well, you're going to do it for 10 minutes. And then you're going to step out of the cold or step out of the water, be cold. Um, but uh, a chant began, a revolution began inside of the the bouncy castle where uh, like different factions wanted or didn't want the water on. And then they were like trading, trading options uh, with one another of like trying to push. And then eventually they got the water on. And then eventually I got in the water and it was fun. I had a good time going down the, down the slide. Did all the children agree that the water was the right move? Oh, absolutely! Yeah, one hundred percent. They okay. said that's what that's what the uh, that's what the towels are for, which is a was a fair counter argument. <laughs> Did the children then get cold though? Yeah, of course. But they their their threshold for yeah. like Jessica comes off the 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 bouncy castle purple and yeah. chattering. I'm like, you okay? She's like, yeah, I just need to get a cookie. And I'm like, all right, you want a towel? I'll be <laughs> fine. Same. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Now now that I like think about it, I can remember. 
just happily tolerating my skin literally being like ice where it was like you could have chilled something against my skin as a kid and like being like that's normal i'm fine yeah yeah they're the children's threat it's like easy to forget because they they just don't care uh and their joints don't hurt no they don't they don't their joints all join uh except for i never had i never had this growing up uh and Jessica's only had it once or twice, but she woke up screaming in the middle of the night at some point a couple of weeks ago and just complaining that her that her that her bones hurt, which like I never had growing pains. Mm, like I know yeah. that was a, that's a thing, um, but I, I don't recall it being like a big issue, like depends on the kid. And she was just like, I walk I walked to the bathroom to go to go potty and my bones hurt and I had to lay on the ground. And I was like, well, that sucks. That sounds really miserable. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't help you. Your bones have to keep growing. Sorry, this is a per- perennial issue you're going to have for the next ten years. And then your yeah. bones will, will will hurt for something else later. Hurt, on. Yeah, hurt for very. <laughs> then then gravity will take over, and uh, you can you have new things to complain about. Uh, Kato. All right, you Kato, I believe in you. You mm. played tons of games. And yeah, have you, lots said, you of said it. Yes. You said in a message. You were like. Guys, I like I I will just take over the pod. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. Played ready? So many things. Hand me the hand me the reins. Um, I'm ready to go. Uh, Kato Pod launched uh, pilot episode. Here we are. So, you ever get something cool at a at a stoop sale or a yard sale, and then just spend a long time, uh, fucking around with it because it's like, oh look, I got this cool new uh, piece of tech that I gotta figure out how to make work on what kind multiple. of tech did you and get you got a Duke game boy advance <laughs> oh what an amazing find <laughs> oh, is this a game, game gear uh i i found a midi controller for 15 bucks oh. yeah all right and so, I, so you got someone's abandoned musical dreams you were able to capitalize <laughs> on and uh she said that the reason she's getting rid of it was that she lost the usb which made me also feel like this wasn't hers to begin with <laughs> it might have she been. lost a USB cable? Yeah, yeah. It's a just like a generic. It's an USB well, it's an older, cable? it's an older type. You know, with the the, the like square, the end. thicker one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's like you can I think if the you focus right still uses that. Yeah, I believe so. Yes, it's. I not only have that, one device. It's, my it's my older. old. Which one? Well, the the thing I used to control my headphones. My uh, uh, oh. uh what do you call it? The. Uh, the thing that we were just talking about that takes the, the RCA cable. Yeah, the mix the amp. The only, I think it's the only device, maybe the only device in my active device in my house that is still using that. So I still have one spare one, like tucked away. It's like, well, I case. guess the mix amp might need it, but I nothing else in 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 the house. USB A. Yeah, USB A. Right? Yeah, yeah. I feel like things still use USB A, but it's rare, rare, rarer, rarer. Wait, why is it underrated? What opinion because do you have? Because it's readily like, identifiable. Right. Every, there's so many other USB formats where also, it's like... Yeah, USB whatever. What's the, what's the like, quote-unquote standard one? Is that B? The one that you'd never fucking yeah. plug in the right way? Fuck that shit. USB-A is like, I'm a square. You can tell which way is up because of the slight angle on the edge. Not really a square, honestly. It's more of a rhombus. But uh, I you never plug that shit in upside down. Yeah. <laughs> So, now you got a MIDI controller. Now I got a MIDI controller that can do all sorts. Like, MIDI control has uh, a long history of not just being used for music, the the primary use, because each button j- tends to include not only, uh, you know, 
you're pressing this button, but also degrees of pressing, like uh, velocity comes into it, uh, how hard you hit the button. Um, but you can take all those values and, you know, usually a lot of modern uh, hard uh, software will allow you to do other things with them, like s- switch between scenes in an OBS uh, setup or uh, do fun transitions in a vMix, which I'm starting to learn. So that that Ooh. was most of my weekend was just fiddling with this thing and making it work on multiple uh programs it's got this cool volume slider that i actually turned into a transition bar uh so like i can like physically slide this little uh fader up and down to fade between two different scenes like in like i don't know if you ever watched any sort of tv tv on tv like they always show at least one shot of some guy pushing a weird like looking um almost looks like a throttle in like a control room yeah that's to switch between scenes I, I I did that as a what? child. Yeah. Um. Basically, you I always have... assumed that was controlling like a remote, like I don't know, boom or something. No, no. That bar is literally just so that you can control how quickly uh two fades happen between two scenes, um... and so you could do it manually. You could stop halfway and have them both kind of overlaid on each other for comedic effect or whatever, or you could do it really quick. Um. It's just yeah. It's just manual control, and they all used to be built that way. Uh, I did that as a child for our, like, fourth grade school's TV, like, morning news broadcast, (laughs) which was fun. They had an actual, like, control deck there, which was neat. Um, And now, 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 Yeah, now I have one. It's not real, not not one of those. I wish it was one of those. But it's a a little, you know, like on a mixer of volume fader that I can program as one of those now. Love getting new tech. And I can't wait with it. Yeah, it's gonna be great for these this this these streams. All new yeah. possibilities yeah. open and, uh, up. Yeah, if also you could, if you could hook up a synth and maybe uh, you could do a little John Carpenter. Oh yeah, sure. Uh, the, the pods going like over Resident Evil. That would make you know complete sense. Yeah, there you go. That's that's a John Carpenter score right there. Yeah, uh, basically. That, my God, Is that's that right that's one? exactly what Halloween know. sounds like. <laughs> yeah, right. Who can for, who can forget? Uh, you know that that bleep, babysitter. Bleep, 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 bleep. Yeah, it's that's close enough. Yeah, Halloween. The Halloween theme is. Uh, I think you know. I accidentally started to go into like Crazy Horse in. <laughs> so, yeah, when I, when I saw, it, I didn't realize they're making another Halloween. Two um, more. A whole but trilogy? they're all going to be they're mm-hmm. they're all they're they're always going to be like this is the last time we're going to be hunted by yeah by well the, the Halloween series is weird because uh this uh, most recent Halloween uh reboot is so uh the movie Halloween from 2018 is a sequel to the first Halloween and ignores the rest of the canon oh. so it's like it, there's Halloween one which goes through. Uh, Halloween nine skipping three because three is unconnected uh, season of the witch. Great movie. Uh, but then, yeah, this one, it just branches off and just pres- like, it's, cause Halloween two, John Carpenter didn't want to make it. He was, he was forced by the studio to, to, to make, make a sequel and, and it got like weird and messy um, and franchise. But yeah, uh, no, this is a trilogy of three done all three by uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Gordon green. I forget his, his first name, the the director um, who does good stuff. I liked, I liked that Halloween. All right. It's fine. Yeah, Halloween, Halloween Kills, and then, mm, I can't remember what the third one's called. Anyway, yeah, they're still making those movies. They're fine. Michael Myers is a little low on the 
killer I need to see for the 18th time. He doesn't have a lot of personality <laughs> going on. At least Freddy, Freddy Krueger, they they said fine, just turn him into a stand-up comedian. That's the uh, wow. So he's just he's just hung around too long. He's he's just not as intimidating. Well, there's not uh, Michael Mars. He's like the embodiment of like uh, you know a stalker, and he wears a mask and doesn't emote. You know, there's not yeah. like you, you like at some point, you know, you, you run out of uh, that's like a pretty limited formula in which to to, to do things with. Um, yeah. Which is why all the other villains talk. Well, Jason. Right. But Jason is explicitly, I guess, the Halloween attempted to continue to ground itself, whereas right. Friday the 13th said, you know, what we're doing. We're going to space, which is what every reasonable <laughs> horror right. franchise does after the. um you know, eighth or ninth entry. Um, I guess Freddy Krueger didn't go to space. Jason went to space. Critters oh, well, went to space. Freddy Krueger had wow. the whole thing already set up where, like, you're already going places. Or, like, yeah. you know, the dreams. The dreams. Yeah, Hell, Hellraiser went to space. They they turned that cube into a spaceship. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I want to say that was the fourth or fifth movie. Um, oh, that's early. It's early for a space one, huh? <laughs> it is, yeah. They decided to say, fuck it. Well, the Weinsteins were in control of that franchise, so it's just they, they, you know, they they buried that one as as they were only making those so they could hold on to the rights uh, to, to those films. Um, did you guys see this? this uh, Rob, I know you are a, uh, a, a Yakuza super fan. Um, in that well, you know like the Judgment play. thing? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm not just I'm nervous. It's too, it's, it's too weird. So uh, I'm reading. Uh, there's a Kotaku article. If you want the full uh, lowdown, uh, it says report judgment series is ending over PC version uh, disagreement. Um, and then it is more quickly summarized by uh, <laughs> Nibel on, uh, on on Twitter. Japanese site uh, Nikon Taishu reports lost judgment might be the last game in the series due to disagreements between Sega and the talent agency of actor. Uh, Takuya Kimura. Uh, the reason Sega wants a Steam version, uh, the agency doesn't. Um, the uh, As certain as it sounds, the said talent agency has strict policies in place, and according to the newspaper, the agency does not want the game to be on PC. For Sega, Steam has become increasingly important and hard to ignore. Uh, just a baffling situation that hopefully can be resolved. I, I, I would assume the read on this is that they don't want modders going in and yeah. like, fucking with the brand and, and the yeah. image, which is something, which is a fairly outdated Then they'll have concept. a model of him and they could do whatever they want and make it look official right. because it's a high res model. Right. Um, <laughs> and so I, I like got some of like, get it, but that's, that's, that's why like it's 2021. Like the yeah. idea that, well, there's several things that are interesting is like, one is that seam is important enough to a Japanese company whose flagship, what like, you know, alongside Sonic, probably like probably Yakuza is more important than 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 Sonic to some degree uh, uh, at days? this point, maybe I would yeah. think so. Yeah, like I think S S Sonic has like a wider cultural impact, but Yakuza just has like a you know, they're both really big. I'm just I'm just surprised this little like Grand Theft Auto ripoff that like completely bombed in the West to start uh, has become like this complete powerhouse, uh, and that the idea of not having a Steam version. The implication here is that Sega is saying, well, then fine, like, we'll just make <laughs> we'll just like find another way to do this series or just stop this one and, and spin up something new and and under the Yakuza banner. Um, but I, I don't you know, I, I have not played these games outside of a handful of hours of Yakuza Zero. So I don't know if like you wouldn't want to do the Judgment series anymore without this character. I don't know, Rob, you're the you're the expert. You've played a 
10 hours of, of judgment. Yeah, I mean, it's not like I can't imagine a different character moving to the center of it. Um, at the same time, though, like, Tak is kind of the... He's the pitch. Yeah, like, it's... What's the way to put it? Like, it's like moving generations in the Star Trek series, right? Where it's like, okay, Kirk is gone. We just got to re-rack and, and find a completely new, like, set of characters to focus on. And that can be iffy. Like, it depends on how it all comes together. Um, but, yeah, like, I... That seems like... Maybe after a second game, his arc will will feel pretty done. These are these are big games; they're they're, they're pretty long. But yeah, it would be kind of disappointing to see him uh, disappear because they are kind of setting him up as a uh, you know bit of a Harry Mason like character uh, in, in some ways, um, where just enough of a lawyer to be a really good PI. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm also sympathetic though to. Um, like there's been the stuff about really good um I don't know, good good might be the wrong word, but really convincing and persuasive, uh like AI generated uh voice tracks for characters. Mm-hmm. You know, we saw with the uh you know, the the Witcher uh, you know, mod that used that that basically reproduced the voice actor's voice, uh, but didn't have any new line readings. I think there's a lot of like well-founded anxiety around this. I mean, the I don't I don't think saying you can't make a Steam version is going to solve that. Like that's that's the thing yeah. is like what they're worried about is real. Performers uh, have a right to be concerned about both how their likeness is being used and how their likeness might being their likeness might be being repurposed uh, beyond the scope of the project they assigned for they, they signed up for. But saying. Well, if you put it on on Steam, uh, that's that's a deal breaker. It's just not the that's not a line that you're gonna draw that's gonna be particularly effective. I don't think. Yeah, one well, is interesting because the the original game uh, was released on Stadia, so it's like on some level there is like a PC like cloud one, but it's one which you can't touch the game code. So like the line they're drawing is very specifically. Around like, no, it's not that we don't care if you play it on a PC. We just don't want you to be able to go in there and mess with with the assets. And like the the Witcher example is interesting because the way that that mod uh, recreated that was it was a mixture of an AI uh, and also just like old school splicing together lines. And like, I mean, it's interesting because when I was talking to folks that better understand that technology and folks that work in VO, like Geralt is like a very specific case. Because he's slow and he's monotone and he doesn't emote much. And you know it's perfect for like at least where like the algorithms are currently. Like the algorithm doesn't have to do a whole lot. And that's not to say there isn't like notable performance that that, that voice actor brings to right. Geralt. But like it just happens to coincidentally line up with like what where this tech is and what it's good at. If you were suddenly to you know to give it a different set of characters that required a lot more nuance and an emotion that they had to bring to a scene. Um, you know, like all things that shit will just get there at some point, you know, like the, the March is towards at some point you will be able to just type in whatever you want into a, a, a meme field and like, it'll <laughs> spit out something, you know, good enough. Um, but like, at least at the moment, like that, that gap still, as far as I understand the last time, I think I wrote an article uh, either earlier this year or last year, like my, 
takeaway was like that tech is still like pretty far out for for a lot of of characters, but it's like you know it's trending in that direction, and I can I can understand the the worry the worry there for the voice actors is is really less about the fans as much as well is the goal of a game company to bring you in, digitize you as make you an asset, and then at what point do they just license the rights to use what they what they have and generate new material? Um, and and like where does the line come there? And then even from the developer's perspective, I would be sympathetic. Like, what if you know there are so many times in a video game where you're not? It's not a big, powerful, emotive scene. It's uh, we just need you to say guns. You know what I mean? Like you just need like some some shitty filler that like fills in. Like, you, if you ever sit and listen to a video game and how many sounds the characters make, um, there are plenty of examples of. You watch, you know, folks that do, you know, voice acting for like an Uncharted or something like that, where they're just spending hours like grunting and like doing other like toss away lines that you as the player rarely internalize. So like, it's not hard for me to imagine a world where there would be justifiable logistical reasons for a developer to be like, look, we have the tech. like We just need to produce 30 different versions of this grunt like the <laughs> computer can do it. Um, like, We don't need you to come in. We don't have to schedule a. A meeting. I know you've got this closet recording session because of COVID. You know what I mean? Like it's just. It, I think those that stuff is coming at some point. Yeah. Um, and well, at the end of the day, it's probably money, right? Like if, that, that's the sense I got reporting that piece was. Well, yeah, ethically that feels a little gross, but also lots of things feel gross until we all get used to it, and then for better or worse, that's just the way it is. And I can imagine a scenario where it's just like, all right, well, anything that's built by the AI, it's not for free. You know, it's like that has to be recorded, tracked, and. You, I guess you could get paid royalties or whatever um, time spent working based on what the computer's doing yeah. using your voice, which but is I just mean, like a very strange the, world. The arc of these things does tend to be like you, you look at people making money from a job and think about like, what if they made less money and I got that work for free, right? I mean, that's oh, like, are me. you talking about college sports? Uh, I'm talking about... <laughs> But like it's kind of everything, right? You know, the right. we we have absurd. I think AI is a particularly insidious case because a lot of times these things come wrapped in a uh, like in an aura of like progress. And well, now we don't have to bother with stuff like that. We used to have voice actors record tons of grunts and barks, and now the you know the. Uh, you know, the AI voice actor does that for us. And we can, yeah, we don't, on, we like, do the equivalent of speed tree, uh, like grunt, grunt tech, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> like that, that you don't have to place trees anymore in video games. Like this, this speed tree does it for you. Like, you know, voice actors save, save your enunciation. Like you don't have to yeah. grunt anymore. We've, we've saved you the legwork. That'll be the pitch. Right. But I, but I do wonder at some point if it just begins eating into what voice actors are able to like earn from projects like this. Um, well, and presumably you, the stuff gets more advanced. And and even if they, you know, a world existed where you were making money off of the algorithmic stuff, sure seems like that would come in at a lower rate. You know what I mean? Like we're not going to pay you as much for the 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 AI, you know, uh algorithm we've got sitting on this desktop. Um so it just seems like that's a way where you could also you could see it, you know, squeezing in to to the the ability for even those actors to make money because once they've got enough information for the robot to do its work, um, they don't need you uh, anymore. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, I know, I've, I've been thinking a lot about um, Edward over at Motherboard has been uh, talking a lot lately about the Luddite movement and how it's like misremembered. Because, um, uh-huh. right, because it's become a like when you call someone a Luddite, what it basically means you're saying you're backwards. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. pejorative. You're you're just fighting technology for the sake of fighting technology. Um, you know, you, you're you are being kind of backwards about this. But his his whole uh, thing lately has been actually the Luddites were right about a lot. Like the actual movement <laughs> where you had people like busting up um, like various pieces of linen and weaving hardware, um, you know, in Britain during the Industrial Revolution. Um, it was a pretty spot on recognition that the arrival of this stuff was going to demolish traditional crafts that people used to be able to support themselves by practicing and enrich a smaller class of industrialists and make workers more dependent um, and have less power, uh, you know, against those against those forces. And they were right. And we, we tend to make the argument that, well, these things were coming uh, either way. And obviously, at the end of the day, we did get like things were more productive. Uh, you know, these the sorts of wares became more widely available. So it's a net good. But it probably like it should be better remembered that throughout a lot of the process of industrialization and now probably automation, a lot of the concerns that critics have do tend to be borne out over time. Um, it's just the types of people who get to write the final verdict on it in, you know, at, at tech magazines and such tend to not give a shit about those costs. Um, well, and, and so, frequently it's it's not as though uh, this tech comes along and it's like, great new techs here. Like, let's pass appropriate legislation that protects existing, you know, <laughs> existing folks and tries to imagine the possible consequences of, of the future. Uh, it's like, nope. It's like we're only just now, you know. You know, I think it's nice that Biden's executive order is adding, you know, right to repair. But like, what does that mean? Like, that doesn't mean the iPhone that comes out this fall is going to let you replace the battery. You know what I mean? Like, I you know, hopefully that actually does result in meaningful change, probably at least for those farmers. You know what? Like, like I'd be nice if you had ability to, like, replace your AirPods battery that dies within two years and forcing you to buy a new one because you cannot open it and and replace uh, the battery. Oh, I guess people started a business doing that. There are I heard a podcast recently where someone mentioned it. There is these people that re- they found a, they have a specialized equipment that can open up AirPods and glue them back together and replace the uh, the batteries so that if you uh, it's not a service like Apple provides. Apple's just like, I guess, bring them back and buy new ones. Um, uh, and, uh, yeah, so I don't know. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the, the tricky part there is that, like, even when we get around to trying to address it in some, like, our government moves at such a glacial pace that, like, the technology is always going to outpace, or at least how currently constructed is going, going to always outpace our ability to actually wrangle, you know, the folks that can exploit it, uh, along the way. Well, yeah, and this is one of the, uh critiques that yeah i do hope that things do shift uh but like yeah one of the critiques is that when government is like seriously outgunned by the industries it's supposed to regulate and cannot keep up or even comprehend with what they're doing effectively they move beyond governance um and are kind of just making what rules they like um and yeah uh it would be Nice if that did not continue to be the trend. And I, and I think it does extend to lots of 
lots of little things that do that do seem kind of insignificant on their face, like um, the possibility that yeah, parts of video game voice acting not particularly memorable uh, might suddenly become like uh, some form of proc gen, uh, and we just kind of expect that. Um, you know, we'll take a quick break here because there's actually a lot more I want to talk about, but uh, yeah, I think it'll go on long enough that it'll take too long to get to a break. So, Kato, I'm going to do you a favor and just throw in a little break right here. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. All right. So, mm. you know what isn't cutting edge? You know oh, what's no. a classic? Yeah. Mm. A timeless masterpiece. Wait, am I allowed to am I allowed to guess? Can I get a hint? Am I going to be able to guess? You can guess. Why do I need a hint? I don't think I don't I think you need a hint. Resident Evil. Resident Evil. <laughs> oh. I was like that's a lot of pressure, Rob. Um, yeah, we, yeah, you and I have played, I don't know, four or five hours, five hours of, of yeah. the, uh, the original Resident Evil on, on a how, series of streams. How far would you say I am? Uh, I don't. First act still? Y- yes, I, yeah. Um, there are places, uh, beyond the, the mansion. Um, but I, I forget the, uh, it's not an especially long game, but it's yeah. not a short game either. Like, you know, I, my guess is that this first run through. Although I'm I'm helping, you don't have to do what uh, many of us did, which was well, I probably should just make a a hand map and write down that this is a sword key door. No, you wouldn't do that. You would just aimlessly wander around <laughs> the the one one side yeah. of the uh, the mansion to the other, trying every door yeah. uh, until you finally find the one that uh, unlocks it. That's yeah, Cicado gets it. That's that's what we did <laughs> back in our day. I mean, I read about these people make, like playing the original Metroid. Like, yeah, I had to do a, a grid map to know how to get around. It's like, yeah, but what if you just wandered just, for like a really long time? Yeah. Instead, just vibes based um, gaming. You know, just go yeah, where the vibes just, take you. Yeah, for <laughs> hours, and then suddenly yeah. a, a seven hour game takes you thirty hours because you you just keep wandering just from vibing. left left to right. You're just feeling the vibes yeah. of the space. Moving through uh, it. I'm gonna actually. I'm gonna look this. I'm gonna look <laughs> this up, Rob. So you you tell me how how you felt about it so far, and I'm going to look up how far you are uh, into this game. Yeah, um, I've been enjoying it quite a bit. I think it is now crossed over into that territory where the things about it that are kind of relatively archaic are now just like fully charming to me. Yeah. Um, and so, like, like what? first specifically, pardon. I said specifically, what 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 oh. is it? A, what what are one of those bits? I think like the 
some of the camera angles are still weird, but I do think it lends a real sense of like horror movie drama to just every moment you're transitioning through the parts of the mansion um, where you'll have uncomfortable high camera angles, your views obscured. Um, you're not really given enough. You can't really see what you're heading towards, which is hugely effective. And all mm-hmm. this stuff does like it presses against um, the notion of your character being this like agile or perfectly controllable avatar for yourself. Um, but it does make me feel kind of like paranoid and uncertain um, and freaks me out, quite frankly. Like um, I had a complete meltdown the other day on stream where walked into uh, a passageway <laughs> and just heard tons of windows bursting in. And I was like, no. And I turned right around and I walked out the door and I was like, maybe those zombies won't be there. And they were, there were a lot of them and way more than I expected. <laughs> um, but part of that is, and it, and it totally worked. Cause even though I knew they were there, I had no idea how many. And if I, it had been more of a standard over the shoulder type camera angle. I would have very easily been able to see like, okay, there's just, there's this many in the room. Uh, But instead it continued to be that total horror movie moment of like, okay, there can't be any more. And then I would move a few feet forward. Camera angle would whip to a new position. And it's like, holy shit, I'm boxed in now. (laughs) Um, And that escape I was making is not an escape at all. Uh, so that's been really effective. And, and and I think the the mansion itself as like this space that feels like a series of um, like almost static backdrops to the action. Um, it does feel. There are so many places where it just looks great, where yeah. like your character model and the way the scene is lit, everything is so memorable and sharp. Um, I, I guess the way I put it is it is a game where almost every moment feels composed in a way very few games do. Um, and that's been really striking for me. Yeah. It, 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 you miss that handcrafted feel to a degree. Like I understand why games have gone in the direction that they, they have. And even the series, you know, it's, it's fascinating to see this to revisit this, uh, so quickly contrasted to the resident evil two uh, remake, which, attempts to do a very similar thing, but from a, from a different angle, right? Like it doesn't maintain the pre-rendered backgrounds, you know, it, it, you know, it, it puts it into a fully 3d environment where there are still attempts made to evoke that, like the, the, the weird, uh, and odd angles that the player is situated in, um, that feel so handcrafted, like, and, and it's a, fr- it gets a framing, right? Like mm-hmm. we lose frequently in, uh, in 3D video game spaces, and Resident Evil 2 has this to to uh, to a significant degree. Um, is you can feel like when you walk through a door and there's a close up shot of Jill, like this, the angle doesn't make any sense. It doesn't give you any information about the world around you. It's not telling you about the threats that are around the corner. It is just someone went, "Hey, if we do this close up shot." And then we put in the the light. The lighting is going to pour in from the window, and the the lightning and the thunder is going to crackle at that time. It's just going to look cool as hell. And I think there's like one specific instance where you and I ran into that. And every time you go through that door, it's like, damn that that just looks really good. <laughs> like that is just cool as hell to look at. And it's something that uh, would look cool in a different way. Whenever they get around to remaking this, you know, like it will 
I, I can see how, you know, with ultra high res assets and, and all that, like I, it'll be, it'll be cool from a different angle, but there is just so something profoundly unique about this remake in particular in which uh, they are trying and maybe it's just because of the time, the era that it came out in, and they they weren't even capable of pulling off the the, the fully three D mansion they would have wanted to when they approached this. I, I have no idea, but I just love the idea that it's straddling these two worlds of technology, and then the mashup that you're left with is just something wholly unique. Like, just there aren't many games that look like this, um, and uh, that's been like a delight to go back to both to see how it ha- you know how it how much it holds up, but also to the degree that like. The three, like the real time lighting layered over these like beautiful like computer rendered backgrounds, is just such a unique look that we just don't have in games uh, any anymore. Like even in the you know the the rise of you know developers who uh, grew up as kids in like the PS one Sega Saturn era, like you're not seeing a whole lot of time spent doing uh, like pre rendered backgrounds that characters are running around with because that's that's a fairly tall order. That's like a like a, you know in in some ways like a a skill set that maybe doesn't exist as much as as it did anymore, and so we don't really see a whole lot of that. But it's it's really cool here. And the and the other thing I I I, I really like is just it's it's a remake that is made to surprise people who have already been here before in ways that are delightful to you, right? Like, your discovering of a Crimson Zombie, if you haven't played Resident Evil, uh, the remake, when you kill an enemy, essentially a countdown begins where that body will return as a redder version of that zombie that gets up, that can run. There are certain features about the Crimson Zombie, Rob, that you haven't encountered yet, that hopefully we will, um, because that will also be, quote-unquote, a delight uh, for you to (laughs) discover. Um... And it's something that works as a newcomer, but it's something that explicitly is riffing on memory and institutional uh, nostalgia for a thing. Like the the fact that uh, when we did your run, I uh, I was like, hey, can you go interact with the front door? Because in the original game, when you interact with the front door, you get a, a really one of the worst CG cutscenes in the game where a, a dog peeks through and tries to bite your hand, but you slam the door shut. And it's meant to imply like, oh, this is why you can't leave. Like, you know, addressing the the, 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 the most pertinent question, you're in a dangerous mansion with zombies, maybe just leave. Like, go <laughs> like anything out. else, anything else but here. And like, that's the game's, you know, bullshit reason for for boxing you in. And so I, wa- I wanted to make sure, it was like, the, the original Resident Evil puts sparkly little uh, lights on the objects you can some of the objects you can pick up, like the most important objects you you can pick up, but doesn't like make clear which all which objects are necessarily interactable. And so for me, it was like, oh, I forget how it works in in the remake. And also, this is like a pretty decent jump scare. Like Rob, you probably have no reason to interact with the door. Like just go go do that. And that's part of like the enjoyment I'm getting out of the stream is like is being that person to be like ah, like go nudge in that direction and see see what you find. Well, I forgot that in the remake. That dog appears, but then that dog also <laughs> runs in, and you got to kill him. Um, and Rob was just not particularly equipped from a health or bullet standpoint, or just controls. He was still getting his, you know, uh, his his feet under him in terms of uh, controlling fine a Jill. Now, though. Yeah, Oddly no, everything's great. Yeah, huh. uh, yeah. Now, now Rob's blindly firing <laughs> shots, uh, taking advantage of the auto aim from around a corner. Uh, it's delightful, but it's th- those sorts of things that operate on two levels where they are. They're they're for newcomers. It's just oh, that's how the game works. 
And then for someone who's coming back, it's it's the designers laughing at you because you're getting a remix of events in a way that uh, like put a smile on my face the first time and is is fun to rediscover um, all over again. Uh, Did, yeah, yeah, go on. I uh, just had a question about the two two and its remake. Did two have set camera angles the way that one did originally back on? Oh yeah, but so yeah. then yeah, they, they, when they did the remake, they totally changed. changed yeah, they just right. made it a third person yeah. um, uh, action game. I mean, I think they're was Mister X in two originally? Yes. Okay. Yes. Not nearly as terrifying as as Mister. You know, I, I you know again, I'm, I could be misremembering, and this has also been an enjoyable thing where I'm having to ask chat. I was like, chat. I don't, I'm not trying to screw with Rob. Sometimes I am, but in this case, I just don't remember. Um, but I believe in Resident Evil 2, um, the remake, I, I think you can hear Mr. X from much further away. Um, mm. Like they communicate his footsteps from a um, much further distance, I believe probably because they're they're actively tracking Mr. X in a, in a way that was not possible in, in the first one. I could be getting that wrong, but I believe that's one of the... One of the changes between between the two, but yeah, they they kept the the fixed camera angles all the way through uh, Resident Evil Four. Like that that was right. when that, was... that went out the window. Oh, so you okay. had cool. Resident Evil One, Two, Three, uh, Resident Evil Zero, um, which is a train based or starts on a train a game that was in development for the N sixty four. Came out on the GameCube eventually. Back when Capcom. The Capcom 5, I believe is what they were called. Capcom like lined up a series of exclusives with Nintendo um, back when Nintendo was struggling uh, in that era. And Resident Evil 5, I think, was one of, was one of those games. But um, yeah, it wasn't until 4 that they said, all right, we're getting away from the, the, the pre-rendered stuff. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, it, it like kind of fundamentally changes the player's relationship with the environment around them because it kind of removes... It removes one of the tools that the mm-hmm. developers have, and they came up with new ones, but it definitely, you can see it so acutely in Resident Evil 1, like, how much thought had to go into camera placement. Um, and even just, you know, like, the, the the putting of, like, a and occasionally a mirror that has, like, reflections, yeah. which then allow <laughs> you to sort of, like, in another game where you could peek the camera around the corner, like, you can't do that here. And so they they had to, you know, they found ways to give the equivalent of that or a version of that. And so you, you'll have, you know, spots where you've you got a mirror where you can kind of see a zombie shuffling around the corner, yeah. um, even though you can't, you know, hold R1 and, and peek uh, around it. Yeah, so uh, we're going to be playing more of that this week. I think this is actually going to be replacing Tackle Tuesday for this week because uh, Austin is going to take Tuesday off. Um, and obviously, it's something that's entirely possible because of Waypoint Plus, uh, which you can waypointplus.com. Uh, just go there and and, and sign up. Um, but the streams are free to free to all, uh, so you can watch Patrick and I uh, sort of flounder through this. And well, I think through the game we're thriving. Mm-hmm. Where the floundering has happened is where we're trying to figure out what like milestones mean during the stream, right? <laughs> Uh, we should probably think about that before we start streaming next time. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll look up. A, I was looking up a, a, a walkthrough. Um, but yeah, like there. Well, there's a pretty big thing coming up that I'm. Uh, no, uh, that I think Rob means sub milestones. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, the, the mistakes are made. 
Kato forgot how to count. Um, uh, I just called him Kato. It look people were drop people were being very generous and they were dropping mm-hmm. fives and tens of gifted subs mixed in with all the ones and also I had to keep a separate tab open to have the memberful number up. And at some point, I looked up and the number had changed too much and I didn't remember what the old number was. So I put a question mark on it and kept counting from there. <laughs> and I apologies, also not apologies to like the one person in the chat who was clearly very irritated that our, the numbers were then like 72 over 50. Like, please change it to 100. Please. And I was like, well, you asked, which means I, my only response can be no. Um 50, 50 was the goal. Fifty yeah. was the arbitrary goal. We're st- we're sticking with it, and we're now we're just over the goal. Yeah. You know, the not, not oh. the goal is not a hundred. Right. We're just over fifty. Um, That's exciting. In but its yeah, own we way. should. Uh, <laughs> if if people wanted to pitch, send me DMs. Don't send them to Rob. Um, about if we hit sub goals, different things that could change on the on the stream as a result. Um, you know, like oh, Patrick can't help Rob. For five minutes, I don't know. Like stuff in that wheelhouse. Like if people have ideas, hit me up in the DMs. That is, I had a dangerous thought, Evil. which was that oh. I not be allowed to save until we hit our threshold for the day. That's a good one. That is a <laughs> really. But are we then discouraging people subscribing because this like the the Sado streaming? I don't think so. No, I think people would be uh, the anxiety would be through the roof. Yeah, at, like for every yeah. minute that you went went along. So no, I I actually think you would probably be saved fairly quickly, but that is a good like initial sub goal. It's like, Hey, we've started our playthrough till we hit 25. Rob cannot, <laughs> cannot Can't touch use any that of those ink ribbons. That's good. That's good. <laughs> That's a good original one. All right. We'll, we'll start there. And if people have other ideas, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll tack them on. Um, uh, and I've also been playing something else a bit old this week. Um, uh-huh. good. <laughs> so, I got back into Company of Heroes. Okay. Uh, which is a... There's like a reason for this, though, right? Like, this is not No, there's... The, just... And all will be revealed next, uh, uh-huh. like, like next episode. Um, okay. Uh-huh. But, uh, yeah, so I've been into Company of Heroes again uh, for, like, the last couple weeks, and I've been playing around with Company of Heroes 2 Ardian Assault, which um, is probably one of my favorite versions of the game. Um, But it's just one of those things where it's like, I'm surprised how good it's been returning to those games. Cause those were some of my favorite RTSs of like the, uh, like mid two thousands and early uh, teens. Um, So it's an RTS series from uh, relic and relic also made the Dawn of war series. They're working on uh, the new age of empires that's coming out. Isn't isn't like a company of heroes more or less would put them on the map though, um, almost. Uh, so no, actually that's not true. They also made Homeworld. So Homeworld okay. was a critical darling, and that kind right, of right. But them it, on but the it map. wasn't a huge like they, they they put that out with Sierra, right? Like that yeah. Sierra originally put out Homeworld. I remember, yeah, like PC gamer, lo- like people I knew who liked those games. What's loved that Homeworld. intonation? Yeah, PC gamer. No, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Oh, do you mean the was, magazine of record for the? Well, okay. that's true. Like, Back hey, then it was what CGW, was the, but uh, well, yeah. I, well, the, but I got the demo disc through PC Gamer. That's so, true. Too. Um, that was Coconut that was, Monkey. Was but very but good I guess what I'm saying it was an it was an early one. Like I was too young to fully like understand. Like, oh, 
this people really love this game, but it doesn't sell the way other games do. And I just felt like Company of Heroes was like a certain, uh, and maybe it was just because I was older. No, but like, I, I, I feel think like that's... that was the. Uh, that that was the point where like relic became like went beyond uh it kind of went to a, a higher sort of uh, awareness in the strategy community and to a, a larger audience. I think that's an accurate read, and I think uh, now it was building off of what they'd done with Dawn of War One, uh, which was their Warhammer 40k RTS that introduced a lot of stuff like um you know units getting covered depending on where they were on the map. Uh, but yeah, Company of Heroes, uh looked like the pitch on it was kind of it's an rts that looks as good as like call of duty or right. uh, medal of honor which it, which it basically did it was really detailed uh models and it had really granular cover systems where you know well, it was you, f- fewer units right like you were you're you're control you're not controlling grand armies you're like controlling and caring about squads yeah uh, it's not like uh total annihilation in like the late uh, 90s or something where it was just like you're controlling hundreds of units or Supreme Commander built on that in the uh, 2000s where yeah these are about ma- sending massive uh, armies at each other Coming of Heroes yeah is focused in on squads and they're and they're sort of modular you can customize like what support weapon the squads are carrying um, and it even mattered like if you have a squad of six troops, you'd sort of hover your mouse over parts of the map. Like, say there's a stone wall. You would see green pips pop up for where the soldiers would take cover. And that would be good cover that they were in. Um, sh- like, there would be shabbier cover, like if there were stacked logs or something. Uh, it's better than nothing. It's better than being in the open. But it's not It's not solid cover uh, that you take over buildings. And so it became a game of... Uh, like really detailed, but also intuitive micromanagement where you're kind of like hand positioning troops, guns, setting up fields of fire. Um, but the the flip side of that is, and this is what's been sort of uh, driven driven home for me this, this past weekend. Uh, I had forgotten how frantic all that feels um, when you're when you're under the gun because Company of Heroes, particularly Company of Heroes One, as I've been sort of uh, getting back to grips with it and I've been uh, sort of turning up the difficulty. It's like the whole thing is about sort of a state of flow on the map. You know, wherever the enemy is, you can either fight them there, but if they're in one place, that probably means they're not in another. And ideally what you'll do is you will fight them where they are, but then also take advantage of the fact that they're probably not somewhere else. And so you'll also be hitting them, uh, you know, wherever they aren't. And so the the sort of map control game you're playing is really dynamic. The the front lines shift uh, really drastically. You're constantly deciding whether or not you stick a fight out or just retreat, um, particularly because if you hit the retreat button, your units will... Uh, even if they're getting beat up, even if they're pinned and not fighting effectively, they will flee as quickly as possible back to their HQ and you can reinforce them. Um, and so unlike a lot of RTSs where units basically just fight until they die in Company of Heroes, you're kind of meant to conserve these units and like repair and uh, reinforce them if you can, because that's way cheaper than ordering a fresh unit and units uh, like depending on what army you play. Uh, units gain experience on the map. So like if a American infantry squad survives several battles uh, over the course of uh, of a game, it will like gain in veterancy uh, and become more effective than when it was first produced. 
So I've been getting into that a lot this weekend and it's been kind of frustrating as well. Cause it's like, I remember being better at this and <laughs> I have totally gone back to the, like, I remember being this shitty at this game and it's really <laughs> frustrating. Like this past weekend, I was like, I was feeling pretty good about where I was at. So I started like playing uh, like uh, the, the hardest AI in company of heroes one and it's one of those things where it's not a real linear curve. Like once you hit that final button, it's just like pff, AI <laughs> is a nightmare. And it started doing things that were totally different. Like um, it starts using more exploitative matchups. And so suddenly the early part of the game for the like is tends to be infantry dominated. And the AI is just like spamming snipers. And the thing about snipers <laughs> is... Uh, if they see a unit in the open, you'll hear like the bang of the rifle. And then one member of your squad will just be dead. Mm. Um, and you have a limited window where the sniper is revealed by that shot and you can engage them. Um, and so ideally you sort of run up on them and, and get them. But what if there's two snipers? What if there's three? Suddenly <laughs> you can't go anywhere without there being like bang, bang, bang. And your squad <gasps> is like down to nothing. And so you retreat. And you just end up like huddled in a smaller and smaller radius of space where you can safely traverse as you try to figure out, like, how do I break out of this cordon of snipers? And the answer is you don't, but it soon won't matter because German tanks will be rolling up your front door uh, any <laughs> second uh, because the Germans got all the fuel on the map for the tanks. And you, meanwhile, uh, have jack shit. Uh, but, but the other thing that's great about this game is because tactics matter so much because like winning these engagements can be uh so critical even if you're kind of getting rolled a little bit um there are ways the game is really nicely set up to let you maybe rally a bit um when you are sort of on your heels and your army has been depleted you gain resources more quickly um and if you are facing like a way more powerful enemy, but you fight the battle really well. Like you do have a chance of like demolishing significantly stronger forces and you can get a brief window where it's like, okay, I can, I can breathe now. I can, I can take over a bunch of the map and try to uh, sort of reset this match. Uh, so I spent a lot of the weekend getting into that. I also, for a more chill experience was playing company of heroes to uh, our Dan's assault, which is, really their attempt to make a more single player friendly uh, version of that, where it's basically like you, you take over a risk map and uh, fight the, fight the Germans on various like territories. And it's a cool combination of like, some of the battles are just basically like multiplayer skirmishes. Others are like scripted, like authored missions with, with special uh, victory conditions and, and tasks. Um, but it's been really nice returning to these. Um, it's been ages. The slight bummer is it seems like somewhere in the last Windows version, a few Windows versions, the threshold has been crossed where these things don't work perfectly anymore. Oh, yeah. And they used to. They they used to be like very reliable. Like they would always install really cleanly and uh, like play beautifully for from like 2007 to like 2016. Like these games are basically flawless. Um, and now there's a lot of weird shit happening. Like 
for some reason, every time I start playing Company of Heroes 1, something starts downloading from OneDrive or or, or downloading to or, or uploading to OneDrive. I don't know. Like, <laughs> there is something like... I don't know why this is right, happening. When you when you say, when you when you um, you you're laying the groundwork for old game having quirks on newer setups, games haven't been addressed by the developers in years. Usually that is like, oh, I'm having some crashes or like weird frame rate hiccups or can't load this mission. Not my private data is being uh, serendipitously sent every time. I no, no, no. <laughs> Actually, game. I think I know what it is. Um, so. Every time, so there are all those like Divix videos that would appear like at various points in the wow, like yeah, okay, Divix, wow. yeah, I, yeah. I am, my brain just like went. <laughs> Remember when they tried to make Divix? Divix was briefly an alternative DVD format, right? Oh my god! Do you not? Are you not aware of this? No. Oh, I go look Divix up files, but I don't. I didn't hear about this DVD well, thing. If I, uh, my history, it's been a lot of years, but my. My understanding is the reason the file format continued and took off was because the the this was tied to the to the disk format, but then eventually the thing that lived on was the 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 fi- you know the compression uh, format uh, itself. Um, but uh, no, it was back back you know it wasn't quite HD DVD Blu-ray. D- Divix never never took off like other than I mean now I'm gonna get we're gonna get letters like hardcore you know I'm sure I'm HD, sure it was better DVD, yeah well it was probably better than it was probably better than DVD but I oh we know but wasn't wasn't it that Divix had like copyright things I'm trying I like now my brain is like unfurling anyway sorry I'll look up <laughs> unless I'm mistaken though in the like new edition because the other thing is this apparently there's a new Steam edition and mm. if you Try to fire up your old Company of Heroes. It's called Company of Heroes Legacy Edition. And that's what was originally released. And that's what I activated using my original game CDs uh, back in the day. But the reason it's a Legacy Edition is because that game, when it launched, apparently had, like, uh, GameSpy integration built into its multiplayer. And GameSpy doesn't exist anymore. So (laughs) it doesn't work. So they had to sort of rebuild it. In the process of rebuilding it, there's weird shit like um, when I was starting the campaign, which also opens with a big uh, with a big video, a uh, big video sequence of like basically ripping off company uh, ripping off Saving Private Ryan. I am pretty sure that those video files may not be living inside the install of the game and the game might instead be directing them to be pulled off of a OneDrive server somewhere. Um and then play oh. locally. Um, it's bizarre, but like every- all right, hold on. Okay, all right. Additional context. So Divix was an attempt by Circuit City to create a disposable DVD. I'm reading from this old <laughs> uh, PC World article. Wait, there's um, two Divixes. There's two Divixes. The tale of two Divixes. So- Circus City's attempt at starting its own pay-per-view movie service entailed proprietary set-top players and disposable Divix movie discs that expired 48 hours after you started watching them. The player required a phone line so it could check whether you had permission to watch. That's there was their DRM was a phone wow. line that it would. But as it turns out, consumers preferred their DVDs without strings, and Circus City ended up dropping 114 million. On its little experiment, yeah, that's where my brain was like ticking. It's like there was a co- there was a copyright like you know a hook in this. I remember 
them making a huge push uh, about this. Um, like, it's just, like, incredible to imagine that they try. Like, it sounds so goofy uh, now. Um, like, people are, uh, people are copying our DVDs on their DVD burners. Divix proved popular. This is from a, a San Francisco uh, Gate article from uh, 1999. Um, I knew they were out there, Rob. I mean, I don't know if they're still out there, but they're here in this article. Uh, Divix proved popular with some consumers who are sick of having to return their videotapes. Quote, I'm bitter. I thought it was a great product and a great concept, said Greg uh, Stoffer, 43, of San Francisco, the office manager for a doctor. Now I have to go stay in these lines at Blockbuster, and then I'll have to give it back in a week. Stoffer, who bought more than 100 Divixis, has even Jesus posted a website Christ. defending the product, but he quickly found himself flamed by Divix haters. <laughs> Quote, <laughs> it has to be one of the few consumer products that was destroyed before consumers had a chance to say whether they liked it or not, he said. Oh, my God. Ah, that is mm, beautiful. Uh, Greg Stoffer, do you still have your, your Divix discs? Uh, I want to see is, that. Mm, I want to see if I, that page is still up. Where's his Divix Defender page? <laughs> it's they don't. They did not. They didn't link it. Yeah, I'll, I'll keep. Do, I'll do some digging. Rams has to go way through back the machine. way back. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Not, see this guy's. Uh, that's oh man, that's that's too funny. I don't think he kept I, any uh, of those. What a though, weird right? like, service. Th- that sounds like the type of person who is immediately tossing it in the trash and being like, "This is so convenient." Uh, <laughs> well, it's yeah, because ideally that it right because the disc is garbage <laughs> after two days. <laughs> what's so uh, fun so wait but did you have to go get the dvd from circuit city you yeah, had, yeah that's yeah. the yes. point right yeah you had to yes. go pick it up yeah, they were, but they then were, it would die and you would, so, instead of instead of returning so, it you would you would just throw it a, you would just throw it away so the idea is that this is more convenient than a rental store because you're already at circuit city right for circuit city things yeah which buying is a what? tv or I don't know. Getting some cables. You buy TV. You, you don't need a TV for like five years, <laughs> ten. Like, well, I don't yeah. know. Divix if you're just looking out uh, discs. Uh, Divix discs look just like digital video discs and CDs. Like their digital counterparts, they offer superior quality to videotapes. Um, unlike DVDs, which list for thirty to thirty-five dollars and are offered for sale, Divix works on something closer to a pay-per-view model. People could buy Divix discs for four fifty. And then watch the disc anytime they choose. Once they started watching, though, they only had 48 hours in which they could watch the movie as often as they wanted until digital codes made it expire. After that, they could throw the disc away or pay to recharge it for two more days or for life. So you could turn it into a DVD <laughs> if you paid for the the right to. But then the, you're but you're still hamstrung by the DRM that is yeah. supposed, I guess, handled by the set top yeah. Uh, yeah. box. Um, this is, I mean, the, uh, all, what's funny is that they 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 stumbled onto what Amazon does now, where you can rent a movie for forty eight hours, and you have that that amount of time to watch before your rental goes away or whatever, right? Like it's the same. Well, I will setup, do. I will, I will do that sometimes. Yeah. Where, um, like when they do rental sales, like on iTunes or or wherever, like I will buy a rental, but it doesn't kick in until you hit play, right? Um, and so it's like, oh, like, yeah, I, I bet we'll want to watch this horror movie or whatever at some point. Like, I'll just put that in the queue and then it's just, well, more likely I'll just forget it's there. Um, and I paid a dollar, um, to Apple, um, for to the right to not watch a movie that I'll accidentally buy on a Blu-ray sale six months, six months later and just really have screwed myself over. But it's just interesting to see like the little bits of, uh, 
kind of prophetic, like how we would worry about uh, privacy intrusions. Like also in this article is this line that says, um, all activities were handled by the DivX player dialing into a billing center over phone lines. Um, that sparked privacy concerns from people who did not like the idea of their TV making a midnight call to report their viewing ah! habits. Um, mm. Which is just like so <laughs> fucking hilariously quaint compared to the world that we live in uh, now. Um, it's just what a wow. Different. Divix. I have not. I had a, well, I had a Civic Circuit City uh, right down the street from where I grew up. It was. Uh, uh, near like the big outlet mall down the street from my parents. And so that's where I got like a lot of my electronics when we couldn't go to like the actual, you know, I remember like they had like actual computer warehouses, like computer USA and places like that. I don't right. know if that was mostly just a Midwest thing, but like there were stores that specialized in just, you want computers? We got them. Um, but the circuit city was like the, we have everything sort of electronic store and, so I was I would go there during the the era of of Divix and they'd have the big signs pushing it. So that's why it's like so in, like measured into my brain is because I I actively saw the hundred million dollars in advertising that they flushed down the drain trying to push this shitty tech. Ugh. It's I do feel a little sympathy for like someone at Circuit City was forward looking enough to realize like huh we got some problems headed at us. And they get within a chip shot of Netflix, sort of. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Almost. they're they're not that far off the concept. And not yeah. only, like, closer to what Netflix became in that intermediate phase before they got fully into content production, but right after they were moving off of um, just being a DVD mail service. Like, Circuit City was, like, almost there. They just needed, you know... Uh, Hold on, I have a revelation. Yeah. All right, so this article, uh, Mr. Uh, Greg uh, Stoffer, let me get Greg Stoffer, who was quoted in, uh, shoot, where did I, I missed there. But this was yeah, later in the year. The dude who's the dead. SF Gate guy who was yes, like in but, the Yeah, so I was trying to find his website, and instead I just found an article from months prior, in March 27th, 1999, at ZDNet, sales are up, Divix gets a replay. Um, and the reason it came up in the search is because halfway through this article, under the subhead "Busy Not Lazy," Circuit City hopes to attract customers like Greg Stoffer, business manager for a San Francisco doctor's office. I am not restricted. Quote: I am not restricted to a five-day period where I have to watch the movie and get it back. Said Stoffer. I'm not lazy. I'm busy. Stoffer has over a hundred Divix movies and perhaps twenty. Stoffer has over 100 DVDs and perhaps 25 DVDs. That perhaps is doing a lot of work wow. in that sentence, both of which he keeps alongside his CD collection. It's like having a rental store in your living room, he said, uh, wooing and educating such customers, perhaps a quarter of the market. Oh, why Circuit City has spent such a hefty sum, said in stats Abraham. There's a segment of the population that pays late fees that would rather buy discs the Divix way because it is cheaper. Just what is the – how – how is this person <laughs> quoted How do they keep in two different it? articles? What year? Wait, what year are these articles? 1999. So, no, it's not like he's on Twitter or something. Okay. No. So, hang on, though. It's tech reporters in the late 90s. This right. guy's on a message board. <laughs> he is. He's also probably running this website of his oh, probably already exists. Maybe right. it's not noted in this piece. And 
I mean, this is like, you know, you know, I, I do this all the time. Like a person does the thing, you email them to get a quote to express a viewpoint. So like, it's just so funny to see, like, there aren't, it was difficult to find the Divix defenders. And so Greg <laughs> Stauffer is out here becoming the spokesperson. Like Circuit City doesn't need PR people. They've got Greg. Yeah. Like Greg is, Greg is ready to go, see, to go to bat. We were denied if social media existed. Like we were denied the opportunity to see him get like, promoted Instagram <laughs> tweets from oh, like Circuit City just like showing him living his best life um like hashtag Divix life uh hashtag busy not lazy <laughs> oh, oh busy not lazy like imagine imagine a shot of like a fucking like a French 75 in the foreground and the little Divix box with the phone jack sticking out of it in the background. Another perfect night with Divix <laughs> brought to you by Divix. Oh, my God. I can't find the website, but if anyone was around in that era, please write in if you if you know how to, how to find his, his website through the web archive or Greg, if you're out there, hit us up. You know, let us. Let what us did you find to hey, Greg? Sure. How's it going? Uh, yeah, hi, Greg. <laughs> it's so what funny. I would, discs? I would love if all that happened now was that like something used my phone line to quickly authenticate a session, but didn't pass on any other information about what's going on. Well, like right. that's positively yes. utopian. <laughs> oh fuck! Oh no. God. You know they were gonna start. You know that was just an in- inevitability that once that yeah. if that had stuck around long enough, <laughs> open phone line. Yeah, Divix is just listening to you. <laughs> also, does that just like cut into your phone? Like you can't be on the internet when somebody else in your house is about to watch a Divix. No, you can't. <laughs> well, does it only have to check once, or does it have to keep checking as the movie's rolling? So right. it's like, God damn it, you ruined my Divix movie. It's movie night. <laughs> well, you, you can't. We can't be calling. No calls, well, no internet. So how is, <laughs> so like, what, I guess, is it calling home to determine, like, is that locally stored? Or is it only, you know what I mean? Like, if you're, like, unplugging the wire, like, what happens? Is, like, the 48-hour countdown keep working? Does the disc not operate unless it can authentic? I'm, hmm. I would assume it's, like, almost like a tearaway, where the first time you put that DVD in, and it phones yep. to authenticate that you can watch the contents. At then locally, point, it knows it's got 48 hours on this disc. Yeah. yeah. That'd be my guess. Wow. Um, wow. Yeah. And this was, it probably didn't cause, I, I'll bet the expectation was Divix, the target Divix demo had a second phone line for attack. Right. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, uh, 100%. Sure. Yeah. 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 Like the launch of DVD and like alternative uh, uh, non-VHS formats was... Yeah, that was that was not happening. I mean, I think that's what our family eventually got was a a second line um, before we got up to a fifty six point six k modem. We never got a ISDN uh, one twenty eight. Um, and then at some point, Comcast Comcast entered my life and and never left. Um, <sighs> what I remember, it was dope at the time. The first time I had brought him, my, my parents got a cable modem installed. Holy shit! That I mean, yeah. that that is. Like low key, like I don't remember that much about that era anymore. Like because like fast internet is just like you know now we complain about the fact that we can't I can't upload fast enough. But like <laughs> that first time we had a cable modem, oh my! I don't know what I did because it's not like there were 
like a ton of options for like, like just like there was no steam. Um, but it was just like loading websites and yeah. just watching it pop Boom. immediately was incredible. The websites You done. wouldn't even see the Netgate Navigator bar no. like fill. It would just be bam. You were navigated. Didn't did Netscape Navigator last long enough to enter the cable modem era? I feel, I feel like IE did. had taken over at that point. I mean, I'm not saying – I bet did. it was still around, was around. But I I feel like Netscape's heyday was in making dial-up pages load faster. And once yeah. we got to the cable modem, I think IE was – Didn't Netscape – like hold on. Didn't, that, didn't the Netscape people turn into the Firefox people to a certain extent? What? Maybe they, Those maybe two projects are I don't, I don't think they I don't think that's true. Isn't I mean, maybe created like the talent left, but I don't. I don't think it's the same company. No, the Mozilla project was created in 1998 with the release of the Netscape browser suite. What's up? Wow, what's good? There you go. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> so yeah. I'm still using it, baby. You're still using Catherine, it. <laughs> what happened? What happened to Netscape? It became Firefox, here. and I burn with passion for it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Do you actually use God. Firefox? Yeah. Okay, what's the new one that people keep saying you should use? There's a... Uh, Firefox. No, I know that Firefox, like, yeah, I know people made a switch when Chrome's, like, memory usage was, was out of control. But there was other one someone was pitching me on recently. I can't remember, because I was complaining. I don't about think Chrome it was... Recently. So, occasionally you get someone who's like, you know Edge is good now, and that's bullshit. Yeah, no, no I, I've, yeah, I've not, heard that. That's not I've true. Heard that. <laughs> like, it's, it's lighter weight, but it's not good. Right. Um, yeah. Chrome's gotten pretty, I don't know, I, I feel like, you know, the there's the wheel of bloat that happens in browsers as well, and mm -hmm. it just turns ever onward, and you're like, man, why does my browser suck all of a sudden? And it's just because it's time, it's now at the bottom of the wheel, and you have to go and see who's at the top, uh, who is currently running the leanest, meanest, uh, you know, thing. No, it was Edge. Someone was just like, come join us on Edge. So it was. Yeah. It was not no. some other mysterious browser. Get the fuck out of here. Edge. <laughs> so in my fucking life. I do think maybe I'm maybe maybe I'm being naive. I feel like Mozilla is less interested in just harvesting every ounce of my data. Whereas like Chrome, that is that is the business, right? We're like, yeah. we're like Chrome is just like, yeah, access all those shopping sites and everything you need through <laughs> through Chrome. Your data is safe with us. The only people using it is us. Well, uh, I recently, you know, uh, Apple company with all their own problems, but all that new like oh, right, the tracking shit. stuff that they pushed is fantastic. But it's also so I use Facebook primarily just to like occasionally like it's now the old old person social network. I fully get it. Yeah. I embrace it. It's like a, a series of group chats for me and people that haven't moved on to other platforms and places to put my you know pictures of my kids. Anyway, uh, the ads on Facebook for me have gotten completely fucking weird because I primarily use Facebook through my phone. And so there's nothing for it to track anymore. So I have just been getting all sorts of like fundamentalist Christian, like it's just stuff that it's just weird. Like it's so I, like I'm constantly getting ads. It at least picks up on the kids stuff, I guess, from the 
I don't know how it's what it's, but it like it's like this like weird choking device, anti choking device that that is like you really okay. need one of these. And I was like, I don't. The ad is disgusting, and I'm like hide ad, and I put like offensive because it was offensive. I didn't want to see the graphic Ugh. that they were showing me <laughs> of the child that they were trying to save from choking. But it's completely made like my ads like super weird and sometimes fascinating, but mostly just unsettling. Um, like to the point where it's like, can I just pay you a dollar a month for this to all go, <laughs> go away? Like, I just want to post pictures of my kids. Uh, but now that they can't hoover up all the ads through iOS, which is my primary way of using social networks, it's like, it's just completely changed the the targeting on me in like a really weird way. Yeah, it's, yeah, that was actually the first thing I've heard that made me tempted to move into the Apple ecosystem because, like, dude, it's so exhausting to have, like, anything that you've considered or talked about in the last week just immediately pop up in a feed somewhere. And yep. it's like, one, you don't know why that came up or, like, why that was being looked up, but I guarantee you it wasn't to buy something real. You know what I mean? It's just this weird, yeah. like, the the delusion of targeted advertising, which is, you had a thought. You must be interested in a product. And it's like, nah, no, I was looking up some <laughs> weird shit yeah. for laughs. <laughs> it was a bit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just just like yeah, uh, 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 browsers have private sessions. I need like a bit session. It's like, yeah. look, like this is just for this is. I'm not even trying to hide this from my my search results. I'm just saying, like, know the context of this of this search. <laughs> I, this is for goofs. I thought <sighs> that there was some bit confusion because uh, Instagram kept being like, "Do you want a sauna bag?" And I was like, "No, that." Was <laughs> We did, I don't want a sauna bag. And it turns out MK wanted a sauna bag. And uh, Instagram was like, no, I know someone in this house wants a fucking sauna. And I was like, no, only bits here. And it's like, nah, check again. And I was like, yeah. Have you talked to your partner lately, yeah. about a, a lately about a sauna bag? Yeah. So we now have a sauna bag. It's enormous. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Well, Rob, this is a wildly important update. Um, where is it? Does so, it leak water everywhere? What are the... So. You, does upstairs. your head stick out? It's huge, yes. Okay. Um, you also... The whole thing is, like, your head sticks out. You should wear, like, socks and clothes because it will, like, get super... Like, they actually don't want to be contacting your bare skin. Um, okay. It really is just about like the heat loosening up your muscles and like joints. And so, uh, yeah, no, MK has like uh, ever since like the car accident a few years ago has like lots of like chronic right. like joint pains and such. And hey, increasingly, so do I. Uh, and so apparently it does work a trick where it can be real nice to just crawl into that uh, sauna bag. I haven't done it, uh, but <laughs> MK loves the thing. The thing if I we get. 150 people to sub on the next Resident Evil stream. Rob will play <laughs> from the, the sauna, sauna bag. bag. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to destroy your PS5 controller from the heat? No, or no, no, no. We'll, there's got to be some way we, we, yeah. we will, some, we will, he will start a new save through an emulator with <laughs> accessibility these days means you can do a lot of things through voice. I feel like there's got to be a way we could hook that up. There's, oh my God. I'll do some research. Yeah. I'll do some Great. research. We're gonna need MK to pilot the <laughs> like Rob are ready to stream. Time to get into the time to get into your big bag. 
Why won't the EVA rob? <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, That's anyway. great. Good. I'm glad it's working for her. I, obviously, they're popular for a reason. Like, I get it makes sense. Like, it's a goofy ass looking thing, but it like yeah, like heat and moisture, like good for the body. That make that makes sense. So the the tricky thing is so basically there's a million brands of the same product mm, down yeah. to it might even be the exact same like plastic bag with like heating elements through it and different different brands uh slapped on it right and it's actually tricky to find one that isn't like super um like magical thinking uh alternative medicine bullshit mm-hmm. like branded and so there's like it's you know there's nothing i'm sure it, i'm sure the stuff's all identically safe uh but like just you know uh philosophically we were less interested in the ones that are like this is perfect to combine with your aromatherapy regime and it's like i don't have an aromatherapy regime really <laughs> like occasionally i'll burn a candle i'll i'll put i'll put out like a little oil emitter or Ooh. something uh but <laughs> aromatherapy mm, not so much um all right so we should take a quick dip into the question bucket here oh let me just do let me just do uh quickly yeah uh, no i'll save for thursday I'm, i'll beat boomerang x by the time i uh, thursday i'll just save that game's still really good people should play boomerang. i've been i've been delighted the people who have been tweeting at me you know like converted to the uh, <laughs> the ways of the boomerang. to the religion of boomerang X. Yeah. Uh, so no, yeah, I have. To, I've, I I was going. I was going to finish it last night. Finished one level. Checked the chapter list and was like, I've only got two more. Ugh. I'm just gonna stop. <laughs> um, I won't be able to stop myself between now and our next recording. But I I will. I'll, I'll have concluding thoughts other than just to say boomerang X fucking slaps and it still does. So uh, anyway, open up that mailbag. Uh, so. I think we'll just get the food bucket. Greg, Greg, Greg Stauffer writes in. So I was a big. <laughs> Heard you talking shit about divots. You may, have, you may think that I was just lazy. I wasn't. I was busy. I'm not busy well, now. You- I'm comfortably retired. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let me see. Okay. So the food bucket has been most fruitful for us of late. Um, so we will just, we'll go straight there. Uh, so, you know, I can, I can only go where the mailbag takes me. Uh, and the, (laughs) right now we've got a lot of movie questions for the movie pod. Um, whoops. We could, what? (laughs) We could tease, we could tease, you know what? I mean, this is a public feed pod, right? Yeah. And so I think, so this Wednesday, Wednesday, Kato, is that still the the case? Uh, yeah, Wednesday we'll have... Um, uh, a first uh, return of untitled Waypoint movie podcast that you can help us uh, title. We're we're gonna be gonna rewatch it. Still exists. There's that 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 archive. Like you can go and read. You know, listen to all those. Um, but we're gonna rename it something new that we haven't figured out. But on it, we're also even if you're not like super interested in whatever topic we're discussing that week, which I think even a movie like uh, No Sudden You Know Move, which we weren't like a plus on, like still had like a really awesome conversation. I think you will enjoy even if you haven't seen the movie. I think you'll dig it. But we're doing some movie questions. So I think as a way of cross-promoting that, Rob, if you are not a Waypoint Plus member, 
You don't have to do it right now, but I think we should throw in a movie question. All right, um, I'll, I'll pull something up here. Uh, but okay. I think we will start with a food bucket question. Uh, Please. So there's a visual aid. I need to pull it up. Well, uh, I don't. Mm. Love these. Andrew writes. Okay. okay. Do I need to describe this first or is the pic is that your well, uh, it'll, it'll, is just there'll be us? a moment where we discuss it. All right. Okay. I recently moved into a one bedroom with my girlfriend. This is only my second move from my parents' house. Our previous living situation was my girlfriend, two friends, and myself. Now that it is just us two, we have almost no kitchen utensils. My previous roommates had plenty of stuff, so we didn't have to buy anything. Also, they weren't really the most careful people, so I didn't want to get anything nice and watch them slightly misuse any too expensive kitchen utensils <laughs> that I tricked myself into buying. For reference, I okay. bought a Zojirushi rice cooker that I am very careful with and was always anxious about it being mishandled. Good instinct. Uh, now that we are by ourselves, I am without many kitchen utensils. I've purchased a pretty good set of pots and pans, and my girlfriend purchased me a very respectable set of knives. But now I need a spatula. My current spatula is almost a novelty that my girlfriend bought out of kindness from one of her friend's pampered chef parties, pick included. Pick included. <laughs> Patrick, would you like to describe what you see? Yeah, I am uh, I'm, uh, a little piggly wiggly. I'm seeing a pig, uh, a pink uh, spatula uh, that's uh, taking care of some delightful uh, shaped uh, pancakes, well, one of which looks to be the the, I don't know what they call it, the aliens from Toy Story. Like, uh, I forget what they're they're called. The other one is a a penguin, maybe? Um, <laughs> That's, uh, that is Woody. Cow? That's Woody from Toy Story. Hat. <laughs> Those little cow ears. <laughs> yeah, no. Really? That's a hat. That. Yeah, because the pig is the pig from Toy Story. Oh, okay. I, if I look at the one on the left-hand side, right, that, one looks that looks more, more like, like a cowboy hat. Yeah. The angle over here, yeah, I, I was could see, really I could see to... the cow, absolutely, totally. But oh, okay. well, and Andrew right, actually yeah, covers right. this. The spatula is in the shape of ham from Toy Story. Yeah. And the, oh! ears are two, the ears are two prongs that ensure flipping an egg is impossible. So oh, my question, God. Oh, of shit, course. there's a lot of holes in this thing. Well, also yeah. just the little fucking, the ears sticking out the top, like, that's not useful. So a question for you all things. is what spatula and other kitchen essentials do you recommend? What are your daily drivers? What can you not live without? We are both 30 and I appreciate a well-made tool that lasts a long time. Hmm. Um, I would suggest a silicon spatula yeah. that isn't like the type of spatula you're thinking of when you think of the word spatula normally, right? Like it's it's usually more it's kind of like a beveled. It almost looks like a like a blade, but it's made out of silicone. Uh it's got like a beveled edge. Um it's a little harder to like necessarily flip things with, but it is also it's just like the 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 silicone can get in between anything i feel like like no matter what two thing like what whatever you're cooking it would always be like so easily and cleanly like uh edge you can get that edge under anything and it'll you'll be able to get get a good flip out of it but it, it's less about like this kind of spatula that they sent in is like the wider one where you almost hold the thing that you're about to flip and then turn it completely uh, silicon spatulas are generally a little bit more narrow, but the the important bit of it is that 
I've never had an issue getting it under anything. Where those thicker spatulas, if they don't have a good beveled edge, or if they're made out of a, 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 the wrong material, can scratch. First of all, scratch up whatever you're cooking on, or will just like not do as good a job like slipping under things that are sticky. You know. Now to that, however. I agree. Like silicon spatula, uh, silicone spatula, pretty pretty critical. However, I do think it has to be paired with something a little more rugged for those like harder jobs. You need right. a burger flipper, and that is the easiest way to find them. Like if you look for something specifically called a burger flipper, you will get one of those short handled right. uh, little steel uh, flippers that you see at like a short order cook using. I've had the same one for like 10, 12 years at this point. And it's perfect for like when you when you are using like a stainless steel pan or like a cast iron, and ideally, like you wouldn't have to do this, but sometimes shit Ooh. does stick. See, and I you wouldn't need use this on a cast iron. It. I definitely feel like I've heard that that'll fuck with the seasoning if you scrape too hard with like one of these metal things. So, but there are That's times why I like the the. the there are times ones. you're putting a hard sear on something and yeah. you don't have time to to be That's delicate. Fair. You just gotta yeah. get in there and just flip that burger and then mash it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's this is it's why useful. I like cooking burgers on a grill, the right way. Yeah, see, I don't fuck have that. that. <laughs> I don't have grills, unfortunately. I, I do like a grill. Uh, you know what I really want though is a griddle, like yeah. my ideal kitchen. Yeah would just have an enormous fucking range with a giant <laughs> griddle in the middle that I can just like go nuts on. Uh that sounds that sounds That'd perfect. Be great. And like an industrial um, hood to just get all the fucking smoke yes. you're gonna bake. <laughs> yes. Um sadly I I asked, hey my kitchen has an exterior vent. Can I just like run some conduit or some duct work Into, over there and just, yeah, like, just yeah. Apparently no, no, extremely no. That's Whoa. a fire risk. Don't Aww. even think about it. God um, damn it. <laughs> because it turns out if I'm just sucking all that grease straight out into a general purpose ventilation duct, uh-huh. uh, my risk and, and the building's risk of eventual like fire just goes through the roof, really, uh. as years of, of grease accumulates <laughs> on like motor housings and uh near near electric near electricity. So uh, that's a no-go. If I'm ever going to do something more ambitious here with uh, handling grease, I'm going to have to get one of those silly little, um, you know, you can get one of those big hood fans, but like you have a like a carbon uh, like filter trap. Yeah. Uh, but those aren't as good as no. exterior ventilation, but right. it's better than nothing, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. Patrick, what can you not live without? See, the thing is, I use a lot of things in the kitchen, but I would have difficulty describing because like my wife is the one who cares so so she's buying the nice knives and the nice spatulas and all the the good we just did get a uh we finally made the the we jumped to an air fryer um mm. i feel like this was the thing i kept hearing about over covid as people were like making more food at home having more food delivered and uh what do you do with certain types of food that are, like are really good at a place and that are still pretty good at home but that, like, even in the most ideal conditions of being traveled, change a little bit, like a burger or something like that, right? Like, it's you know, and you don't want to put it in a microwave, you don't want to put it in the oven, you don't really want to put it in a toaster oven, and like people kept saying, like, ah, like the air fryer, that's the that's the one you want, that's the that's the thing you need for like this. Uh, I've heard like bacon is like the ultimate, like hmm. through an air fryer. I haven't done that yet, um, but uh, 
there was a sale sometime recently and I was finally like, all right, it's under a hundred bucks. I'll, I'll, I'll try this, this air fryer. Um, so I've been, I've been slowly working my way through figuring out the best use cases for, for that. But I don't know, like I, it's, I don't really, I don't know. I can't, I can't articulate that, uh, as well as the two of you. Cause I, I mostly just, I know these tools in front of me have been well-researched and purchased, <laughs> but I couldn't, I couldn't tell you a thing about them. I use them constantly, but I don't know anything about their construction. All right, I'm going to throw something else out there, though. Just going to save okay. you yep. some research. Not sure if you have it on stick yet. If you don't, just buy the Analon Nouvelle Copper Lux Nonstick Hard Anodized Skillet Twin Pack. You get a tiny little wow. one for doing a couple eggs for yourself. Then you get a bigger one for doing whatever. Um, what was that brand again? Analon. Analon. Yeah. Because... Um, so the thing is, nonstick, here, here's the thing. If you're looking for the nonstick thing that will last you the rest of your life, by definition, you're going to fail because that just doesn't exist. Um, right. Like nonstick wears off. Uh, Analon makes good stuff, though. Um, there was a point where I, Patrick was making fun of me at the start of the episode. And he was very right to do so. I like planning and thinking about what I'm going to do or get more than I like actually like using it or like executing it. But it does sometimes lead me to useful, well, dubiously useful things where it's like, I was like, <laughs> I need a nonstick pan. I can't be using cast iron for everything. I'm going to break my fucking elbow uh, yeah. doing, doing this. Um, and also there's times where like your cast iron, no matter how well seasoned, is not fully nonstick for, for, for some things. Yeah. Um, so I went into this like three day mania of like, I need to. I, I needed to find an ideal uh, stainless steel skillet, and I need to find an ideal uh, nonstick uh, pan, and that's what I alighted on. Like, for it's it's not too pricey, uh, and it holds up really nicely. And it is like if you haven't used nonstick in a while, like if if you remember it from like the pro, like my parents were early adopters of like the shittiest Teflon coated stuff that was like nonstick right. beautifully for like two uses and then it would just wear off and then there was Teflon in your food and it was really gross. Yeah. Um, a modern nonstick pan really does perform miracles where it's just like, let me put a perfect little sear on that fish and then release it at the slightest nudge from Kato's beveled <laughs> uh, silicone uh, flipper. So this isn't so, Teflon. They've 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 made a new non. They've moved beyond. Huh. Huh. I have to look yeah. into this. Yeah. So, uh, that's that that's probably my good recommendation. But you know, I could I could give you recommendations all day long for stuff you need. However, <laughs> if you want a shortcut, um, Kenji Lopez Alt's book. Um, oh gosh, the food. The Food Lab. It's just, uh, yeah, it's the same what his column was at Serious Eats. He wrote a cookbook, The Food Lab. It's a good cookbook, but its opening like chapter is just reference material for like, here's what you need to get seriously into cooking. It's a pretty long shopping list. You don't need it all at once, um, but it's a good place to start when you're contemplating like, what do I need for my kitchen? Uh, and so that's a, that's a pretty good buyer's guide. Uh, recommended. Uh, all right. Let's see. One more from the food bucket, because I did like this one. Um, Jacob writes, Hi, um, all. I live in Minneapolis and spend many of my vacations in Wisconsin. 
Yeah, true. All right. Look at you. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's a big state. Could be a lot. You know, he's probably going on the western side of central. Anyway, probably. let me know. Go. Um. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe Jacob's climbing Iron Mountain. Yeah. Maybe uh, he's going to Green Bay. That's pretty far north. Nah, it's not. Yeah, it's sort of far. Um. I went to school <laughs> in Appleton, so I'm like Wisconsin. There's so much more Wisconsin off there's to the northwest. So much more. Yes, Where like yeah, the state no, is huge and it yes. goes on forever. Um. Yes. Anyway. It's a great place to visit with a wealth of beautiful lakes and rivers and lax liquor laws. Indeed. Did you mm. know that if, well, I don't know if it's still like this. I, this is now me talking for when I had a liquor license, uh, a bartender's license. Um, in Wisconsin, parents can just, like, if a parent orders booze for their kid, you just got to serve them. Like, that was the yeah, law like that's, 10, 15 years ago. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think that has changed. I hope so. Um, but I remember... I, I, yeah, that was definitely like that never, that never happened to me. Um, uh, but that I was distinctly, yeah, if you, you know, well, yeah, I, I see how you arrive at a law like yeah. that where it's like, look, uh, probably we have encouraged a lot of deeply irresponsible underage drinking or college level drinking because kids go from zero to 60. Yeah. Um, I certainly did. And, and that was a bad thing. Right. Uh, and like, doesn't it make more sense for parents to be given the opportunity to uh, teach their children to understand how intera- alcohol interacts with their body um, in different social settings? Yeah. I mean, combined with that is also these days where uh, the other way that that would happen um, is that, you know, you'd have like, uh, this didn't happen as much. It was at the tail end of it when I was uh, uh, growing up, but we're, you know, essentially there would be sanctioned parties where it's like, Okay, yep. you fuckers. Like we like the parents have all spoken to each other. It's okay if you have beer. Like you there are no shots occurring downstairs, but like you're all in the basement, all the keys are here, nobody's leaving. Um and like just, you know, if you need anything, let us let us know. Um and those are like ways of like allowing kids to be irresponsible, but under the under, like with responsible agents, uh, uh, like looking over. Um, and now you can get in so much legal trouble if anything, anything. If a kid sneaks out, gets away, gets in a car crash, you know who's liable. If you knowingly were a part of that, you. Uh, I see how we arrive at that place, but it also seems like it sands off again, like these different ways of parents being able to introduce alcohol That's a good to, point. Their, to their kids i do um, remember it was weird like getting the training uh for for bartending in wisconsin but yeah like it does seem like it's not the worst idea if hey i am going to say my 16 year old can have a beer with lunch as we sit here and hang out like that that right. makes some sense uh yeah. better than uh what i did which was <laughs> somebody pouring me uh like this is like Robbie's first drink, basically them being like, hey, here, have a Seagram here, have a seven and seven, seven up and Seagram seven. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> and going to drink it on those giant plastic like cups. That's uh, basically like a Slurpee cut a cup, uh, just an enormous <laughs> amount of alcohol um, and immediately went from like, I don't I've never had anything to drink to like falling down drunk in the space of two hours not a good right. night not a good time no uh, not a good no, way I bet to be not. initiated into this uh experience anyway jacob continues and every time i'm in wisconsin 
I stopped to pick up a few six packs of New Glarus beer. Only available sure. in Wisconsin yeah. and a variety of very drinkable brews. It's a lovely regional treat, even for someone like me who doesn't like beer that much. My question is, what are your favorite non-local treats? Something that you can't get locally, but that you'll try to get anytime it's available to you. Other than the New Glarus beer, some examples for me include smoked fish when I visit the north shore of Lake Superior, or breakfast pizza from Casey's, a chain of gas stations convenience stores based in my home state of Iowa. I know the gas station pizza sounds sketchy, let alone breakfast pizza, but trust me, it's great. I've seen a case. I think cases exist outside of Iowa. Huh. I think it's just a Midwest thing. I think I've seen one in Wisconsin. Haven't had their pizza, but I'll think about it now. <laughs> uh, well, it's funny. It's funny because his specific example is is something that like, uh, so my wife with both her pregnant like pregnancy can change your like your taste buds, like your flavor profile. It will make things that you used to like. You may not like them as much or at all. Um, and she experienced this most acutely as it related to beer. Um, and when she had our, our oldest, Jessica, she never like, you know, you know, been with her for, you know, nearly two decades now. A hoppy beer, she will hop away from it. That wants nothing to do with that beer. And then uh, after after she had Jessica, we were trying to figure out like where her like taste buds landed. And she had like a hoppy beer and was like, this is one of the greatest things I've ever had. And I was like, who are you? Um, then we had our, we had our second kid and uh, it changed again. And basically like what would happen is like after the, 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 you know, the baby was born, um, we'd like two or three times opened a beer and she would like, rev- like, rev- like re- act in revulsion. So I was like, all right, we're wasting beers. Um, how about, um, I don't care that much. You know that about me. So you open the beer. If you don't like it, um, I'll drink it. And then we'll just do that until we figure out what you like. And Spotted Cow was, which is one, which one of, is, is probably when you were thinking of New Glarus, uh, Wisconsin-based uh, 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 beer company, um, Spotted Cow is like the most popular one that they they produce. Um, and uh, that so now it becomes every time we go up to Wisconsin, we make sure... And grab some of that um, on our on our way out because uh, if she she mostly drinks wine, but in the, the event that she does want a beer, like that is the one that like she found she has liked since having our, our second child, and so we always always that and there are like uh, locally made sausages and cheese curds that like we are always like and you can get like really good shit even like at a liquor station or liquor liquor store or a gas station like because it's you know they're just ordering it from like frequently local vendors in like, especially in the small towns that we end up frequent. Um, she has family and I have uh, friends and family in like lots of uh, local small towns in Wisconsin. And so, uh, yeah, like, uh, new Glarus beers. I've, I've, I've soured on spotted cow. I've had it too much. Yeah. Now it's the moon. Yep. The moon one is the one that I've moved on to. Uh, moon man, moon man, um, is, is a really good one. I just had to like spotted cow just suddenly went on tap everywhere in Wisconsin that I would frequent. And I was like, this is amazing. And I was like, now I don't ever want to drink this again. Not because I was not because I got sick. I just got sick of it. Um, so I, I moved on to, to moon man. So yeah, like I, I am spiritually with um, this person. Cause I, I do the exact same thing uh, when I make it over the border of Wisconsin. Kato. You're well. I think Kato doesn't want to speak up because he he's probably has like 
you have like a, a pri- you're like a little goblin. Like you have like you have like a thousand of these. Like I feel like this is this is a Cato specialty. <laughs> yeah. What what Florida delicacy are we about to hear about? What what yeah, Maryland what, what Maryland experience are we about to? Yeah, be you were just with? in Florida. Yeah. What did you come back with? Well, that's a. Th- <laughs> it's he, just, he drove food. down to Ebor and just filled a trunk <laughs> and <laughs> with, with ice and food and drove north. No, I mean, I had. Uh, what did I bring home? I brought home some achitas. It's all Colombian food and, and food stuff. Okay. Uh, not drinks. Um, but it is a thing that is harder. It's funny. It's it is and isn't harder to get here. But it's somehow, even though I'm technically in the same city as it here in New York. It still takes longer for me to get to it than in South Florida, where it's still an hour to Miami to get to some, like some of the like more intense like uh um uh like the Latino run shops. Um, but I usually do come home from Florida with a bunch of uh like Colombian snacks that I can't. I I could get here. I could. There is a, a large Colombian community. This is well known in Queens, uh, but it's an hour and a half still to get to Queens from where I am because the MTA fucking sucks, and getting between Queens and Brooklyn is the worst thing ever, and it takes forever because there's no direct line between those two boroughs. So you have to go through Manhattan, which is trash. But um, this this last trip, I brought home some bocadillo, which is a a fun snack that is. Just sugar. I mean, there's. They say there's guava <laughs> in there. It's guava. It's guava. It's guava. Guava flavored sugar, um, kind of packed into a gelatinous little cube. Uh, that is so sugary that I don't. It's beyond candy almost. Like I would eat a piece of candy by myself, but by itself. But this, I have to like pair with something. The way what you do is you make a little sandwich with mozzarella cheese on either end of it as the like the quote unquote mm. bread, uh, and that kind of salty creaminess uh, evens out the intense sugar <laughs> from the 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 piece of um, the little cube of of guava guava sugar stuff that is the bocadillo. That's a that's that's the thing I brought home from Florida that I don't get here. Yeah, I feel like, um, so I mean, like, there's obviously all sorts of, like, regional pizzas that are delicious that are just, like, when I'm in an area, it's like, I gotta, gotta go hit this place up. I gotta go check it out. Um, but gosh, like, yeah, it's weird. It's, there are fewer things for me, like, um, that are like, oh, you can only get this kind of snack in this one part of the country and, like, it doesn't really exist elsewhere. For me, it's less stuff like that and just stuff I have, like, an intense nostalgia for. So, like, sure. um, there are there are some really good, like, burgers and fries joints in the Midwest that are just different from a lot of other stuff. Like, Patrick, are you familiar with Shoops? Or is this just too much of a Northwest <sighs> Indiana thing? No, I feel like I've at the times I've heard shoops, it is it is it come from your mouth to to discuss it. But no, that's I, I haven't I've been to Indianapolis like yeah. once. I frequently Indiana was always just the pass through state yep. to get to my family in Ohio. So I didn't and or like Michigan. Um like I'd not 
Uh, you know, it's no offense meant to Indiana, but that is, I mean, like that's, a, that's frequently how pe- people's interactions with, with, with the state are. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's totally fair, but like there, there are two places like, so every time in Northwest Indiana, I get a major craving for uh, Shoops, which just does really good burgers and uh, fries and shakes. And it's just like our version of Shake Shack. And it didn't travel. It didn't grow beyond Northwest Indiana. But like I have a strong nostalgia for the exact way they form their patties, the exact way they they dress them. uh, They have some in Illinois. I'm looking it up now. Um Serving deliciousness in Illinois and Indiana since 1948. I'm trying to see what the nearest one to me is. So yeah, maybe I can maybe I can find find some way to solve this. And God, I'm going to Google something now. Uh, this place is still open. Please be open. Yes, yes. Um, and then, if you ever find yourself in Munster, Indiana, Munster Euros. <laughs> Is still like my iconic. I feel. I feel like you have mentioned this place before. I think it is. I think it has come up uh, before. I, I want to say that I've heard heard you say. Yeah, that. for years they had like the best deal. It was like six bucks, two Chicago style hot dogs, and a basket of fries. Like just mm. absurd value for for when you're a teenager. Um, and so yeah, uh, that, that's the stuff I'm probably most nostalgic for. Uh, there, because there are fewer places uh, out here that are like, I live outside the White Castle belt. I miss White Castle a little bit, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so there's times I'm I'm super nostalgic for it, and it's not really readily accessible uh, here here in the Northeast. As far as snacks, uh, so there's I did make a dangerous discovery uh, lately, which is that um, like. If you go to like nuts.com has excuse me? <laughs> yeah. Go, go to nuts. Rob, you're supposed to be in private. Like you're just like the Yeah, I should is, is a, Damn it, I should have only gone to nuts.com through a <laughs> What the fuck is this? Well, uh Kato, you know, sometimes uh, the name of the podcast doesn't come until the end and then sometimes you find it. I should okay. I should only go to this only go to the site through VPNs. But if you go to nuts.com, you know, there's a lot more than nuts. Um, Yeah, this first line dried strawberries, dried mango. Yeah. Not nuts. The real danger for me is the malted milk ball category. Oh no. Oh no. I love malted milk balls. But also, like, fancy malted milk bo- balls, like, get real interesting. And you can just, what? like, you can basically, if you want to turn your house into a candy shop, you can do that. You, like, <laughs> nuts.com is where all the places, like, all the ice cream shops, all the candy shops, like, they're sourcing most of their inventory. And it's utterly absurd. Oh, um, my God. Yeah, dude. Hey, where's send me the link I to the like, malted mi- milk balls? Okay, you did. <laughs> yeah, I did. Oh, you yeah. Did. No, I got yeah. you. Oh I my god. You. Yes, Rob. I think you've. Yes. I think you've just ruined a lot of. You've just ruined a lot of lives. I think you should have kept this to your fucking self. Mint um, cookies, malted people- mi- milk balls. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, you can put yeah. more than just milk chocolate on the on let, the milk. The, on the let malted- me tell you, those ultimate malted milk balls are not fucking around. They're real good. Oh, they are fuck. ultimate. Uh, here's another thing if you want to ruin your life. Espresso malted milk balls. Fuck yes. 
<laughs> so chocolate sweets hey. slash toppings. Oh no. Um, because who doesn't want to get topped at nuts.com? Um uh, Rob. You can, Rob! You can go to Rob phrasing. Oh amazing. So you can set yourself up for like, hey, we're doing we're making Sundays. We're making ice cream oh Sundays God. here. Uh-huh. And you can just get whatever you want. All that stuff that you like when you're at, you know, you're at a nice ice cream shop and you're like, I can't choose. And this is my only chance to have a really nice, like, ice cream that's full of bullshit and business. No, no. You can bring it home. <laughs> you can have it sent at, like, wholesale cost to you. Are we in an, are, God, are we in an ad read? I think so. I think this is turned into a <laughs> stone cold ad read. Stone Cold? Cold Stone? No, because you don't need Stone Cold anymore. You don't need Stone Cold Cold Stone. Cold Stone. I did it too. I did it too. Um, Next thing we know, fucking Rob's out here with a piece of marble just fucking using uh, nitrogen. Because Cold Stone said so. Smashing smashing two canisters full of chopped endays mints. Yeah, I remember he came out in the Zamboni and it was just like, I love M&M's. Anyway, the point is... I love wrestling. The point is... The point is, you're going to spend $100 on things and you're going to bring this to the next stream and we are going... To indulge is what we're going to do. We are. We are. We're going to make, can we make ice cream sundaes? Yeah. We can. In person stream that we do, we got, can we? But you you both have to go to nuts.com. Make sure you get your favorite stuff. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, we'll bring our, all right, great. Write that down, yeah. Kato. That's a segment. Great. Ice cream sundaes. We, can you buy a Cold Stone? How much is a cold stone? How much what, is you mean a cold like a store? Stone. Yeah, the entire store. I you could probably make a cold stone with a stone that you make cold enough, right? You put a stone in a freezer long enough. Yeah, it's but a cold that thing, stone. that thing, the, the 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 little cold griddle. That's what is that what's called? Cold griddle. Cold griddle. I don't think so. I think it's literally a stone, right? No, dude. Like the whole thing. At, at my, I thought that is a chilled surface that they're cutting the ice cream up on and yeah, like yeah. holding the shit. It's into. made from it's made from some sort of rock though. It is literally a stone. Is it? Yeah, it's just cool. It's cooled. It's cooled from the bottom, I believe, or something. I'm I'm trying to find because I found something called the anti griddle. Oh, ooh! An anti griddle is a kitchen appliance that flash freezes or semi freezes foods placed on its chilled metal top. Oh, the yeah. anti griddle, right? <laughs> now you have to be careful because the anti griddle and the griddle ever touch, right. the universe ends. <laughs> yeah. So it's discouraged rather strongly to to ever put them in the same room. Um, oh, I love I love that I know this exists now. I'm going to make the cold stone at home. Waypoint Waypoint Plus money is being spent on an anti griddle <laughs> for our chocolate Sundays bit at the next event. Oh, Breville makes one. I'm sure that's good. Oh, it's hey. not an arch, but generally Breville stuff is pretty good. Top Chef guest judge Grant. At chats, a cot, yeah. a cot, yeah, used a, a similar Chicago device chef. in his first Chicago restaurants, uh, L- 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 Alinea, yeah, yeah. Alinea or something, which like that, he invented yeah. with the help of culinary technologist Philip Preston. It's, it's uh, local, local to you. Gotta go check out you know, the original. 
Alinea is a Patrick Klepek ass place uh, from everything I've heard. I think, yeah, I think Patrick would love it. Uh, Patrick, you should, when the Bears are playing, you should go, you should catch a game at Alinea. Um, (laughs) (laughs) All right. I'll add it to my list. All right. Uh, I think that will do it uh, for this week's episode. We'll get to the. Sorry, movie question. It was a good idea. We're going to get there. Now we've run up. But the, the, the bucket was good to that us. That should today. be the fucking name of the podcast. We'll get there. We will. We will. <laughs> we'll do a movie one on Thursday. Yeah. I promise. And, and the, be podcast will be, the podcast yeah. will be out at that point. That You know what? From a promotional standpoint, that makes more sense. Like, <laughs> let's tease a podcast you cannot get right now if you subscribe to Waypoint Plus, but you will be able to get it when this po- the next one comes out on Friday. All right, fine. We Look. It worked itself out. Yeah. The the true path forward was revealed. You can send more questions to us at gamingadvice.com and we'll get to it. Uh, use the <laughs> use the subject question. You can keep up with the site as it updates by heading to waypoint.vice.com uh, or you can follow us on social media on Twitter at Waypoint on Facebook and YouTube, Waypoint Vice. You can find me on Twitter at Rob Zachney. Patrick, where can people find you? At Patrick Klubick. Kato. At a underscore Cotto underscore appears. The theme music for this podcast is by Bowen. The track is Miss You off the EP Pale Machine. Learn more at waypoint.zone slash B-O-E-N. Uh, and yeah, remember to go to waypointplus.com to subscribe for Waypoint Plus. Uh, that's enabled us to do things like the Resident Evil stream, and it will give you access to things like the No Sudden Move podcast. Uh, sorry, the No Sudden Move like episode that's not like it's not like hey waypoint plus is a not a bad name for a podcast like no sudden move is a good name for a podcast yeah it is but now it's extremely we failed title (laughs) check extremely hard um (laughs) hey this movie we just saw pretty good title we should title something that (laughs) uh that will do it for this week we'll be back uh on not this week uh that will do it for the first half of this week uh, we'll be back with the No Sudden Move episode uh, on our premium feed for Waypoint Plus subscribers. And we'll be back on Friday with another episode of Waypoint Radio. Until then, fuck capitalism. Go home. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I absolutely missed the prompt for that question because I was looking up what the nonstick on these pans is. Yeah. And it turns out it is the same chemical compound as Teflon. 
but they wow. bonded it differently to the aluminum or something, which is why it doesn't oh, scrape off. But it is, it is Teflon is the Teflon. brand name, but like it is the same chemical. Yeah. Okay. But I'm no longer eating it. Right. You shouldn't be eating it as much because it's like more durable. Right. The way they stick it Good. to it. But I was like, nice. it looks like Teflon. What is does, what is this um, new thing? I must know. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just Teflon. But it's like just, better, it's just better Teflon. bonded. Yeah. But hey, the bonding is where the magic is. Right. Right. Uh, now you're not getting man, I keep, little I keep flakes off. With great names, just accidentally. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so that that does it. Uh, I will upload this using my fast new internet. Um, I got to look into that this week. I will try and also solve that. On- yeah, I can upload a file to Kata now in five minutes. Wow. Three minutes. Wow. Truly. Kind of, kind of yeah, bring yeah. up the uh, drive. I want to show yeah, everyone on. how fast hold it on, is. Hold on. Okay. I'm making All the right. file folder right now. All right. Uh, this is four, 409, right? Is that what you yeah, said? Yeah, I think that out. Okay. 409. Right. Rendering. Eight. All right. Open that, open that folder up. Here. Oh, God. You're going to make me stick around so you I can... Yeah, we gotta watch this. So you can here. marvel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How Make am I gonna sure. marvel? Am I gonna be able to see your upload? No, program? you're gonna hit refresh though. Yeah, and you're gonna like, go oh. in there and be like, "Wow, it's, gonna be it's like, done." It's gonna be like, <laughs> but like with a file. <laughs> the thing I, the thing I do with my toddler, I can also do with Rob's uh, file uploads. Exactly. All right, I am uploading now. Nine, 12, eight minutes 45, left. 45, 07. Three minutes left. Ooh, 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 wow. Who's going to get there first? I wonder. <laughs> Kata, you've always had a fast upload, though, too, haven't you? He has 100. Yeah, I have 100 up, yeah. What? He has I've fiber, got Fios. Dude. Fiber optic. How did, you, how did you have that? I got lucky. My section of Brooklyn was one of the sections they came to. Uh, and also didn't force wow. me. Apparently, uh, uh, has recently gotten files also, and they are forced into a three hundred up, three hundred down plan for some reason in that area of Brooklyn. One hundred, one hundred, one hundred isn't even an option. <laughs> I don't get it. Oh I don't damn! Understand. I wish someone would force me into three hundred. <laughs> yeah, oh, well, but yeah. no, but you have to pay. That's it. That's more. It's more money. Um, I'm paying a, a cool fifty bucks. Wow, fifty and change or something. Is cheaper and so much better. <laughs> competition. That's what it's good. Yeah. It's competition. I've got three right. options here, and Kata, you can never leave that place. No, I cannot. I cannot. Did you finish? Is the upload done yet? No, this was less dramatic than I hoped it would be. Okay, like, all right. I'm hanging up. I'm hanging up this call. <laughs> um, all right, but Patrick, you're gonna you're gonna refresh, right? You're gonna yeah, check oh, it yeah. out in I'll like let you uh, know. I will one let minute. You know. Don't a forget. minute or so. Great. Remember when you turned on Dolby? What was it? No, oh my just turned God, on, it's five point one. Instead of a linear PCM, you turn on the and you didn't Dolby five point one, and it hurt my it. head. You didn't. We could have fixed it. We could have. People would be like, "Damn, I didn't even know Twitch did five point. Twitch doesn't do five point one. It do does I? not. <laughs> Nobody does. No. Well, they should." Where's they really? Yeah. Where's the audience for the really? hi-fi streaming? You know, maybe we can fill that niche. Uh, we need to find kind of let's let's find a service 
that does live yeah. streams uh, encoded at five one. Sounds like we're building our own thing from the ground up. Sounds great. I, I'll get products right on that. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Take is care, y'all. Is this file uploaded yet? Uh, it's it, the circle is closing. It's it's, it's so close. <laughs> nope. 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 It's <laughs> Patrick's gone. Patrick, Patrick, come back. <laughs> You gotta watch it happen. Can I, can I, can I make is... it ring on his end again? Yes, I can. I don't think. Can you? Oh my god! I can't believe running. you did this. I can't believe it's uploaded. you did this. It's uploaded. Woo! It's happened. It's there. It's there. Look at it. It's uploaded. He's gone. <laughs> Bye, Kato. Bye.